All right, I'm Gabrielle Carteris. I'm president of SAG-AFTRA, and I'm on the Below the Belt show. And 90210? 90210. <laughs> there you go. Andrea Zuckerman. The Below the Belt show is closed. Caption for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the bad boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. For another episode of BTB, Below the Belt Show in the Mother Effing House. I'm your host, Al Soto, a.k.a. Celebrity Soto, your host with the most here for your weekly pleasure, guys. Another incredible show that we've got from top to bottom. So I'd like to present BTB's finest panel that we've assembled to talk everything about geek pop culture this week because it was a big week for Marvel. Let's go ahead and introduce, that's right, starting with, he is the one and the only, the fan favorite. I call him Gen Pop or Gen 13. New monikers. He's also the man with a calming presence. He is Mike, the General Zod. Yeah, good to be here. It's been a while and um, can't have an episode without me having some sort of technical difficulty, but it is always <laughs> Always great to be here, especially right. so much to talk about this week. So much to talk about, that's right. And we decided, you know what, knocks it out of the park last week. We would bring him back this week, guys. He is podcaster extraordinaire from Film Rescue Podcast. He's also a cosplayer extraordinaire. You might have seen him, seen him as Bloodshot at some of your favorite Comic-Cons. And he happens to be known as Hardcore Bloodshot. He is Jesse Fresco, back on BTV. <laughs> Back once again. Awesome. And of course, last but not least, we present his triumphant, most excellent return to Below the Belt show after a little bit of a hiatus from the show. Yeah. Nonetheless, he is back. Ladies and gentlemen, he is former United States Marine Corps. He is the Captain Big Nick. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your cat that's speaking. Thank you for flying Air BTB. Please keep your seatbelt fastened and your seat back in its straight up and locked position. We're about to have a takeoff. <laughs> so uh, strap on for a bumpy ride and shit. Yeah. You had it and you lost it. <laughs> I, I had it and then I lost it. You big know what? Nick I'm out of practice. I'm out of practice. That's okay. It's been a minute since you've been here, Big Nick, but lots of big news. We did to allude, we did allude to on the Koki Memorial Show, which you can listen on in the archives, um, that you are going to be a new dad. Yep. yep. Coming up, so congratulations again. Got a little. And um, 
Yes, and your daughter um, had some interesting pop culture um, references as far as when you decided your daughter's name, right? Correct. So because my wife and I are big nerds, um, she's named after both of our favorite movies. Her name is Eva Theodora. Eva for Wally. That's my wife's favorite movie. And Theodora for Bill and Ted. Yes. And chances are she'll hate both of those movies, but I don't care. Oh, no, no, not the most excellent adventure. <laughs> oh, absolutely not. I will she will love that movie. Yeah, and Theodora okay. was the actual daughter of Ted in Bill and Ted 3, right? This is true. Yep. This yeah. is true. Yep. So that is great. That is fantastic. Yeah. You must be um on cloud um nine that you're pap- happen to be passing through because you're in a plane but you must be happy <laughs> <laughs> as a captain i'm doing soaring right. the skies i'm doing all right i'm pretty excited this is uh baby number one and it's also the first grandkid too so it's uh, both, both first grandkid of out. your mom and dad first, well, and mom and both, dad both families so my wife's families and my family it's oh the- from both families okay yeah, so this kid's going to get fucking spoiled. That's how my <laughs> nephew is. He's yeah. the most spoiled among the family as well. So uh, yeah, definitely know what you mean. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, very cool. Yeah. Well, tonight, guys, we have another amazing show. Of course. I mean, it's BTP, guys. I mean, for Christ's sake. Um, last week, I actually did a special pre-recorded interview of this really cool movie called Film Fest. And I think a few of us can relate to this movie. At least the plot. Um, basically, it's um, it's all about the world of film festivals and how these um, aspiring filmmakers make this film with the intentions of going to like the big film festivals, but instead get accepted in probably the uh, low, lowest tier film festival that you could think of <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. Um, I can and, relate. Uh, yeah. And um, the movie is actually um, premiere. So it's a movie within a movie. Um, and um, it's just all the hijinks that, that surround um, that festival and the film. And it was so funny guys. I highly recommend this film. It's called film fest. Okay. Yeah. You know, oddly enough. Um, but yeah, it's kind of mockumentary indie comedy. Um, these filmmakers who travel to this obscure festival to try to sell their movie. And the director and writer, Marshall Cook, um, will join us, along with actor Matt Cook. No relation, oddly enough. They have the same name. Um, Matt Cook, you might have seen him in the CBS series Man with a Plan with Matt LeBlanc, who's Joey from Friends. Okay. Uh, he played like the teacher buddy of Matt LeBlanc's character. Um, also, um, Diona Reasonover, who kind of took the place of Polly Pellett's character on NCIS, um, as the, um, you know, the, the girl that works in the morgue and does all the, uh, the, uh, cadaver work in their, uh, investigations, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was pretty awesome. We're going to talk to them. And it's interesting enough, there's a third cook in the film. Sadly, we didn't get to interview her. And the third cook in that movie, in addition to Matt Cook and Marshall Cook, is Rachel Lee Cook, who actually plays herself. <laughs> plays awesome. herself. Like, hey, Al, we had somebody about to jump in with us. Yeah, so um, so that's pretty cool. And uh, we, um, Jesse, you mentioned something. We have one more person about to jump on with us. All right, and we're going to announce that person when they join. Mm-hmm. Um, so um. 
that uh, special interview is going to be at the end of the program. So, uh, so I wanted to jump right into Marvel, but I think we'll wait a little bit for our special guest before we jump into Marvel, uh, the big movie that actually um, premiered <laughs> this week. Yeah. Instead, let's After how about... long? Like two years? Right. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I want to save all that, and of course I'm alluding to Black Widow, of course. But uh, yeah. let's, let's let's jump to that a little bit later. Um, but um, let's talk about some other movies coming up. So coming soon. Um, well, it's a pretty cool promo. So it's Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool. Oh yeah. Joined oh, by. Yeah, I saw this. Did you see this? That, joined by Korg. That was the funny. Mo- the rock monster from Thor Ragnarok, and they're um promoting um ryan ryan's latest film free guy um which is you know very meta you know um to kind of promote um a film as a different alter ego especially in mcu it's a very typical ryan reynolds yeah but that's why he kept the suits because they that way he can do that stuff (laughs) yeah but one has to um you know wonder it does this confirm um deadpool into the mcu because they did say that Deadpool so far is the only character that will uh, in the Fox franchises of X-Men movies that will get another movie. That's the only mm-hmm. one they've greenlit lit so they've, far. I think they've already said they're working on a third script. It will be rated R um, yeah. because Good. this this entry point of like Doctor Strange 2 and with what happened with Loki, it confirms mm-hmm. that, OK, there is a multiverse yep. and there's a big world out there where all this other stuff, like even if it doesn't tie together directly to a main narrative, it can still occur. Mm-hmm. So the Deadpool storyline from the X-Men Fox universe, it can still technically be happening just in its own branching timeline. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm excited to see the MCU's take and will there be any differences that we'll notice? Um, They they say it'll be R, but it'll be a soft R. Oh, They'll probably have a few fucks in there. They'll take a few fucks out. It won't be as bloody, but they'll try to make it more in in line with like, oh, it's for kids, but it's just like, it's it's for like the 13 year olds and that's about it. Yeah, I guess they won't, they won't have that, they won't have that scene where they imply that Vanessa buttfucked, um, uh, buttfucked Wade. Oh yeah, that he got... Pounded in the ass by a strap on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't implied. Like they literally did it. They did it. Yeah. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah. Well, this film will probably not be on this. Or no, it was uh, International Women's Day. That's what it was. That's what it yeah. was. <laughs> so I'm guessing this movie will not be on Disney Plus. Well, we that's the thing. See. Like that, that. That's the thing. Like now that they own all the Fox properties, I've said this multiple times that. Disney now owns everything that Fox had. They own things like Die Hard. They own the Alien franchise. Like they own all right. this stuff, and it's like you got to put it somewhere. And I'm, I've said multiple times that with Marvel years ago, like ten years ago, they had the Max line, which was the more adult-oriented comic stuff. Why not try to make a Disney Max line? Like this is the stuff that was from Fox, and this is where the MCU stuff that's darker and more gritty can go. Because this stuff line. at some point. The Max line in comics wasn't really successful at all. Though. The only thing that was really successful was Punisher. Punisher was extremely yeah. successful. Yeah, there was but, a like, all, so most of the time it was that. They're actually moving away from um, featuring the Punisher because of all the associations yeah. with the, uh, you know, with, with what happened on the sixth yeah. and pop. Yeah, 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 there was there was a storyline. Mass, shoot, mass shootings. Yeah, there was a storyline I mean, that Garth Ennis wrote. Um, it was going to be. 
the Punisher versus Barracuda. It was going to be like its own little five issue one shot storyline. And it was like four issues were done and they canceled it because mm-hmm. of what happened on January 6th. They wow. canceled it because they're like, oh, the, the people that stormed the Capitol, they're using like the Punisher logo at some points. And they oh, said, yes. Marvel, Marvel kind of yes. said, yeah, we're done with this. We're not doing it. So yeah. they. And this is like Thanks, Ennis. Guys. Like they never say no to Ennis. And they said, no, we're not doing this. Oh, so I, I, I guess they can kind of, and, and Ennis came out and publicly criticized all these like wannabe fascist assholes that attacked the Capitol on the 6th. Same and, with, uh, who is it? Who's the creator? Jerry Conway? Jerry Conway. Yeah. He's very name. disappointed that the Punisher became so popular because the Punisher was supposed to be a one-off character. Especially with yeah. law enforcement. It's like, it's the yeah. polar opposite. Like the why point of Frank Castle like is that he's supposed to be representation of the failure of the justice system. That's the well, point. They actually, in a, in the most recent Punisher series that I can think of, that's at least the one that took place in the Marvel Universe, they, there's a scene where the he's held up by cops. He's yeah, held up by cops. He like takes them to, to task for yeah. using his logo. They're like, "Why are you using my logo?" Yeah. And, um, yeah. yeah. So and that surprised that, me. They like, would actually make a storyline out of of that of reality, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're also um. You remember uh, American Sniper? The movie. Oh yeah. 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 Movie American about Chris Kyle. Um, yeah. Chris Kyle. They use that logo. They they use the logo. They put um. They he was re- he saw one of his squad mates was reading some of the Punisher comics, and they he liked Frank Castle so much that they decided to call their squad the Punishers. And put the skull logo on their body armor as they went out to go on the streets of Iraq. Oh wow! That Don't fits. That. I feel like that fit a little more than cops doing it, because at least Chris Kyle was killing terrorists. That's Theor- true. Uh, I'd argue against that. Uh, there's a, there's a, a lot to say anyway. How, uh, uh, how accurate uh, that that story is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about some other movies coming out, guys. Um, yeah. Queen Pins. Which is actually based on uh, a true story. Is um, stars Kristen Bell and Kirby Howell Baptiste, who General you mentioned will be playing Death in the Sandman. Yeah. So, um, and it's interesting because it is based on a true story, and they they pretty much run this coupon scam and make millions of dollars off this coupon scam. And it's crazy how it was a true story. Um, Vince Vaughn, Paul Walter Hauser also joins the cast. Joel McHale is in it as well. Um, will open in theaters this September and also Paramount Plus. It's a great, um, great trailer if you haven't checked it out. But um, yeah, it's pretty, pretty, uh, pretty cool premise um, based on real life events um, uh, and how crazy extreme couponing can be. A <laughs> um, couple big um, animated films for Disney. One is called Encanto. Um, cool cool trailer um and it stars um stephanie beatrice from brooklyn 99 and in the heights oh, nice. uh, voicing the character yeah i recently got into brooklyn 99 that show was fantastic i fucking love that show <laughs> yeah you know you know which character stephanie beatrice is then i guess yeah um she plays um she plays uh no not diaz um, um is, is she she's the very bitchy one the one with the story the yeah. <laughs> right yeah. Yeah, yeah, she plays Diaz. Diaz. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, she has the hots for the undercover cop that comes back in and he's freaking out all the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, Jason Menzoukas, who's like a fucking national treasure. Jason Menzoukas. I love him. Perfect. He only plays Jason yeah. Menzoukas in everything he does. Yeah. That's enough. Cool. Yeah. You got that one, and then you also got one, I think we mentioned on the show, called Turning Red that just dropped a trailer. 
which is a 13-year-old girl who turns into an oversized red panda every time she's Aww. stressed or excited. <laughs> so those two big Disney films, um, animated films, are dropping this year. Um, speaking of um, classic children's books or movies for children, for that matter, Lyle, Lyle Crocodile, starring Javier Bardem, <laughs> who's, uh, in production. Has... I remember that so. Do you remember Lyle, Lyle Crocodile? Yeah. Oh my God, General! Wow. Did you read that to your kids? Uh, not to my kids, but I remember it being read to me when I was a kid. Okay, and there I... you go. <laughs> so long until you've just mentioned it right now and it everything <laughs> about it is coming back to me okay <laughs> so it's one of your favorites mine was um the purple crayon harold and the purple crayon yeah I was that was such a cool kind of guy bursting bears yeah <laughs> Tom was, was, fucking tank engine. was that spelled with an e or i mean or an or an a bernstein bears yeah, Berenstein. Bernstein. It was Bernstein Bears. Bernstein. It wasn't Berenstein. It was Bernstein. Yeah, because yeah. that's like a big Mandela effect thing. Like people. Yeah, because Berenstein Bears sounds better, but it's Bernstein Bears. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> They're bears. Just like, come on, call yeah. them Berenstein. Come on, man. Speaking Whatever. of childhood toys, there's a Barbie movie that's going to be in production starring Margot Robbie. As you know, she is my favorite. Uh, yeah. They just attached a director, Greta Gerwig. That is so an that's, honest choice. That's probably going to be a super meta, and I mean, Remake? I don't gritty, gritty reboot. I mean, if if Greta yes. Gerwig is directing it, of course it is. It's not going to be like a kids movie. Yeah, Greta Gerwig, um, she's a very talented actress and a very talented director, and it's she and her husband Noah Baumbach. They work together a lot. Yeah. So I, when you see the movies that they make, you're kind of like the Squid and the Whale, um, oh, uh, Francis Lady Hobbs, Bird. Lady Bird. Yeah, Lady Bird. Like you're looking yeah. at this, and I'm kind of like, okay, I, I get it. Love Lady why? Bird, <laughs> you know. Well, that's why. That's why I'm thinking they're probably gonna go like if they do still make it to appeal to kids, it's gonna they're gonna go the Lego Movie route. Yeah, and, it's yeah. gotta be that. You can't do yeah. anything else. There's no way else you can get that done. No. Interesting. So when you say the Lego movie route, route, it would be stop motion animation when Barbie. Oh, no, 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 no. I just mean. In return to the humor. Oh, the self-aware, like, type thing. Although she doesn't really, her movies really aren't like that. They're more like kind of um, reflective and a little dark, but not like, you know, um, super snarky. So. It's okay. kind of it's yeah. an awesome combo for this. Okay, interesting. Um, the next Star Trek movie uh, will be directed by Matt Shackman from Wandavision. Okay, um, directed okay. a bunch of episodes from Wandavision, so I'd say it's in pretty good hands. The screenplay is by Lindsay Beer. J.J. Um, J. Abrams you... will be producing. Oh, so it is Star Trek Four. It's... Yeah, you know, they didn't allude it, to whether it's going to be uh, follow directly the previous three Star Trek movies, but with J.J. Abrams producing it, I imagine it would. The only one of those I genuinely really like was the third one, the one that he wasn't even involved with that much. <laughs> <laughs> the one that actually kind of felt like a Star Trek episode drawn out yeah. for two hours. The other ones are like, I hate Into Darkness with a passion. I hate that uh, movie. And 2009 is it's fun, and I had a good time with it, but it's not a Star Trek movie. It's just an action film. That 2009 one was I enjoyed that a lot. It's fun, but it's but it's not really a Star Trek movie. 
I don't think I ever saw Into Darkness, and I don't even like. I don't even remember there being a third one. Like, what was the oh, third? Yeah. one? The the first one had it. Yeah, it, it's it's the closest one in terms of like an elongated episode of the TV show because it feels like oh they're they're stuck on a planet and there's this alien race attacking them and they're you know they have to fight their way out like it feels like an episode of the TV show. Well, because they even say fan of the show. Oh fuck yeah! I, I've seen every every episode of Star Trek. Like I just outed myself. Okay. <laughs> but um, yeah, they, they actually st- it actually um they state that they're in the they're at the tail end of their third year uh of their five year mission. Star Trek was canceled after three years on the original series. So technically, what you're watching in uh the third movie that's the next episode to end season three. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's how good it is. Like they have so many references to the original series that it's like, oh, this is great. You know, it's it's not like those member berry things like with Into Darkness, where it's like, hey, remember Tribbles? <laughs> remember Khan? Remember, <laughs> remember all that shit? Like it, it's it's integrated much more seamlessly and much more appropriately in okay. the third film. I recommend the third movie. It's not perfect. It's got a lot of problems, but overall, I liked it. It's also uh, Anton Yelchin's last movie. Uh, it was, yes. it was oh last God, how big tragic film. Was it was that, not his, guys. it was not his absolute final film. It was, it wasn't the last film released, but it was the last film he acted in. Yeah. How tragic yeah. was that? Pinned yeah. behind his own car and his own fence. Oh, that's I, mean, a, that's such a, sh- I, I can only imagine that's just that's the shittiest way to go. That's yeah. just fucking horrible. God awful. Uh, let's see, moving on. Um, they're doing that big old Hollywood film, uh, called, one? <laughs> yeah, it's called Babylon. And Babylon, I think of Babylon 5, sci-fi, but no, it's uh, Damien Chazelle's old Hollywood epic with Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie. So it's kind of like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, part I've two. never heard the term Hollywood Babylon before. Mm-mm. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. That's it's it's going to be confusing because Brad Pitt was also in a movie called Babel. <laughs> yeah. Yes, he was. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> is, good point. That movie didn't so they just added well. Gene Smart to the cast. Yeah. Of this film and Gene, you might have seen. I love Gene Smart. Town. Yeah, Gene Smart, Gene Smart really surprises me. Like you know, for the mm-hmm. long time I thought about because like she was on Designing Women. Like mm-hmm. yeah, I don't. And how then she shows up in like Legion and Watchmen, and I'm just kind of yeah. like, where the fuck did you come from? <laughs> where have you been hiding? Oh, yeah. that's right, Watchmen. I forgot about Watchmen. Yeah, yeah. Like, she was uh, awesome in both of them. She was yeah. so in both of them yeah. and she's like ageless too she looks exactly the same now oh, right and and she was in mayor of east town yes although which we like, talked about mayor of east town on the show yeah. did a great job as uh mayor's mother um yeah. fantastic job but that wow. was Talk- mayor of east town was the first time she actually looked like an old lady <laughs> and like she's got to be like what in her 60s by now and i think she's into her 70s by now yeah but um, let's see. Oh, this is a big film, guys. Uh, it's a um, spy thriller called Argyle, directed by Matthew Vaughn from Kingsman and Kick-Ass. Okay. It's got Superman himself, Henry Cavill, Bryce okay. Dallas Howard, um, got Fury himself, Sam L. Jackson. See, I'm cool. relating to Marvel movies. Okay. <laughs> Sam Rockwell, uh, Brian Cranston, Catherine O'Hara, and even John Cena. Oh, okay. And making her debut acting role in a feature film, one of my favorite pop stars out right now, a little guilty pleasure, is um, Dua Lipa. So Dua Lipa also starring in this film. So kind of interesting. Got an all-star cast, so I'm sure it'll do pretty well. Uh, well. I just had a thought. You know how they, they, 
people say like, oh, well, Henry Cavill's now done as Superman and he's not going to do DC anymore because that universe is now dead. Could, could Marvel just poach him up and just have him play Adam Warlock because he's basically the most perfect human being on the planet? I agree. They already cast Adam Warlock. You know who, they, who Marvel should have Henry play? Hyperion. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Marvel <laughs> Superman. Yeah, that would that, be that would be a nice twist. Marvel yeah, that's good. Superman. Like that. Wow. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Or, or the I guess, but he can't. Yeah. I don't know if he can do the blonde hair. Or Wonder Man. Wonder Man. Isn't that kind of like the what's yeah? Wonder Man's Wonder. I could see him do Marvel. There's a there's another character. Oh, the Sentry. The Sentry. Yeah, yeah that's Marvel Superman. Okay. Yeah. yeah. With a dark <laughs> twist. He has. He's like a heroin yeah. addict or something like that. He has to shoot up on something to keep his powers or something. Let's not write Henry Cavill out of DCEU just yet. If, I mean, I, I do recall... Saying they're going to keep it going somehow. That's but what like, I thought. Yeah. I, they still got Shazam and Black Adam coming out, so they, they're, yeah. they're not out for the count yet. Yeah, I think I think he's gonna be back. Well, they still and they and they still have that that Flashpoint uh, Flashpoint movie coming out. Yeah, that's coming out yeah. still. Exactly. Yeah, still Batman, the 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 glitter Batman. Glitter <laughs> Batman. <laughs> so is that is that about Robert Pattinson? Because Robert that's Pattinson, yeah, about Robert Pattinson, legit. even though he's done great work after. He's a legit. He's a legit good actor. I finally oh, saw. He is. I finally yeah. saw Lighthouse a couple weeks ago. Oh, that's legit. Mm-hmm. That is a fantastic movie, and he is exceptionally good in that. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Everybody keeps saying, like, oh, Robert Pattinson's going to be terrible as Batman. I'm like, guys, oh, he's you've said that cool. about literally every single person that has been Batman. The only one that wasn't good was George Clooney. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> else is fine. Well, like, was, did you like Val Kilmer? I, I, I think he's a good he's a good Bruce Wayne. He's not a great Batman, but he's a good Bruce Wayne. Yeah, you know, he's a good Batman but, for Jim Carrey's Riddler. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. but and again, but, I love. I thought Ben Affleck did an adequate job. So. He's good. It's no just movie season uh, or two. I yeah. put Affleck yeah. up high on the list. I really. Just, yeah. Although I don't know why Jones is very good. I don't know why people are critical about his portrayal, but I thought he did a great job. Well, they're critical about his portrayal because they didn't like the Zack Snyder dark graphic. Like, yeah. my Batman could get raped in prison. Well, that doesn't make it better. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I hate yeah. when Zack Snyder says he, he just puts rape into all of his movies and that's really fucked up. I saw that shit in Army of the Dead and I'm like, dude, fuck you. Like, yeah. come on, man. Oh, Knock I, it off. We got another great on Army of the Dead. Yeah. Well, we did talk about that, but yeah, sure we talked about the prequel. That's coming out. Um, Army of Thieves. Army of Thieves. So yeah. I'm in production for that now. So Army of the Dead is episode one of season six of Film Rescue. I gotta fix it. There you go. Plug it's already away, done. Plug just, away. Just make it Kelly's Heroes and set it in Fort Knox. Done. Don't put it in Vegas. There, I fixed all of your problems. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, one of my favorites next to Margo is Anna Kendrick. She just left. Mm. Uh, now the lead role for Alice Darling. It's a psychological thriller. Um, right. So she um, basically is Alice, who is keeping secrets about her boyfriend and her two best friends. Um, <clears throat> and um, basically it's a nuanced story about coercion and control. Um, so that's pretty much all we have on that one right now. Um, I you were gonna say like it's Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> Alice that's where I thought Darling. it was going first. Yeah. I was like, you know, okay. you remember uh, American McGee's Alice? Remember that game? Yeah. I thought you were gonna go in that direction. They've been trying to make a movie of that for years. That'd have been cool. 
And uh, following up mid Miss, uh, rather, um, we'll introduce her when she arrives, um, because we'd like to talk about some Black Widow stuff, so we're going to hold off for her. Um, So another movie based on actual events, Cambridge Analytica, um, the British data company um, that was the center of the Facebook data scandal during the 2016 election. Um, Yeah, they're making a movie about that, starring Eddie Redmayne. Great casting choice. He is phenomenal in everything mm-hmm. he does. Uh, Peter Farrelly of Green Book will be directing. Okay. Um, mm. Untitled, but it's from the production company of The Avengers, uh, from Joe and Anthony Russo. Right. Uh, but Eddie Redmayne will be playing Christopher Wiley, the Canadian data consultant who gave the Guardian documents and prompted the scandal. So. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, you can you can kind of think that Cambridge Analytica is a big reason why Donald Trump was president. <laughs> and so yeah. So yeah, that's a, I'm sure they're not very popular. Influenced <laughs> influenced the uh the dating, uh, the, sorry, influenced the voting the data. The voting data, yeah. the data yeah. for voting, yeah. Yeah, they um they 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 had all sorts of shenanigans when it came to um Using like using Facebook's algorithms to get specific um, specific news articles out there. A lot of um, yeah. a lot of the fake news that uh, <clears throat> I got. Yeah, all the stuff that Donald Trump was saying about fake news, they were literally creating it. Right. Using it to get him elected. I mean, not to say yeah. that both sides don't do that, but they really were pushing that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, it'll definitely make for an interesting movie. Yeah, I think yeah. it'd be good. I think it'd be really good. If it's the same um, quality as a social network, I'm happy. Yeah. yeah. Well, so we, it's not David Fincher. I mean, Peter Fer- I Green Book. Peter Farrelly, yeah. Fincher yeah. did a great job with... Um, Fincher uh, was the one who directed um, the Facebook film, right? Social Network. Yeah. 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 yeah that was I, I like that movie. I will say it's very kind of just cold emotionally but that's kind of the point is that everybody in that movie is meant to be kind of cold <laughs> yeah. you know, because Dave, david fincher is a cold person as well yeah I, I think that it's been i think he said that he's on the spectrum or he has asperger's or autism or something like that which really? is why he sees he sees the world in a very kind of stark way like it's why yeah. he's so like perfectionist with all of his shot choices multiple takes like man like we talked about 30 Mac. takes of somebody picking up a glass like right. shit like that where he's like he wants it to be absolutely perfect you know absolutely you're definitely yeah. earning your paycheck when you work for that guy yeah some overtime yeah right? i know a lot of people that hate working with him <laughs> well when he directed the first few episodes of house of cards i recall them being particularly long <laughs> oh yeah 20 hour days those were fun yeah. <laughs> did you work one of those days jesse uh i was on the tail end of one of them i was brought in for okay. the loadout yeah that i okay. remember everybody was angry when they finished up on the day and it was raining outside too so was, everybody yeah season one yep. that sucks <laughs> <laughs> let's see we also have john boyega on a new project so he quit a project um and then he's now a part of a new project on netflix called um so uh so the project that he left was called rebel ridge and basically cited family mm. emergency didn't allude to what it was kind of kind of odd jumping mm-hmm. right in the middle of production i mean costing people tons of money right jobs money and then and then jumps into another film uh called 892 it's an indie drama mm. um but um apparently the 892 f- 
film. John is replacing Jonathan Majors, who we'll talk about when we talk about Loki. Um, <laughs> who had to bow out due to conflicts with shooting Ant-Man 3. Um, yeah. Again, which we'll allude to during could our Loki it, discussion. <laughs> could it be he dropped out of Rebel Ridge because Rebel is a little too closely associated with Star Wars? Oh, God. <laughs> Maybe. He'd be the Maybe. biggest crybaby in Hollywood. He actually kind of is. <laughs> I mean, he's he's one of the best characters they created for that new trilogy, and they did nothing with him in the last two movies. In the last two it. movies, complete side oh. character. Absolutely. What a what a absolutely there was so much you could do with uh exploring like uh like you were saying i mean he was one of the best characters because it brought out this whole new perspective about like, yeah. a, what a stormtrooper would um you know someone who's the next stormtrooper to yeah. do man that is a total lost opportunity they could have that done whole so sequel more. trilogy is just like the biggest train wreck <laughs> You can't. I can't even watch Force Awakens anymore because I know what it's leading to, and I'm just like, I don't care. Yeah, I just, I, I just I don't care. Force Awakens, and then that was the best of three. It yeah, was, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Even if it was, was, everyone calls it a copy of A New Hope. Uh, but there's a reason why everybody loves A New Hope. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, stick I, to what works, right? Yeah. Totally. I mean, I, I will say I hated Last Jedi when it came out. I might, but after seeing Rise of Skywalker, I actually kind of appreciate a lot of stuff in Last Jedi. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> there's some stuff I really like. It's it slows down. It it has scenes. Yeah. Um, there's actual character growth. Um, there's some Brian really good Johnson visuals. Brian a kick in the groin. It's not it's not incessantly loud all the time. I, I like that because there's like the, there's one scene stick where we talked out, about this. The out. <laughs> we talked about this on on the Rise of Skywalker episode of Film Rescue. We talked about how there was new score written for rise of Skywalker. It's like when they're rising out of the forest to go to battle. And that's the old, like the last new score will ever be written by John Williams for star Wars. Oh, and the whole time it's just, they prioritize the sound over the music. Cause the music wasn't very good. So it's just a cacophony of thrusters blasting good in word, my ears. Cacophony. I hated that's it. It's a hell of a word. Sound. SAT word. So there. Much. Someone mentioned loving Henry Cavill. He's got a rom-com coming out. That was you, Jesse. Um, I, I, I don't think he was a great. He was not good as Superman because he was given terrible material, but he yeah. would be good given the right material. Okay, but how about you know? this rom com? He plays a, a genetics professor. Movie. Hmm? What's a good Henry Cavill movie? Like the Mission Impossible movie that he Mission was in? Mission Impossible is good. Um, Mission what, Impossible. Was the, what was the Nola Holmes movie on Netflix? Yeah. Where he played Holmes. Sherlock Holmes? Yeah. He's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. That was, that's right. a good one. What, what do you think? Was, what do you think about this? Great one? A in The Witcher. The Witcher was awesome. Oh, The Witcher. The Witcher, yes. the Witcher of the course, Witcher. of course. Very good yeah. as here. Yeah. Well, this is a rom com. He plays a genetics professor on his journey to find love, and he basically has never been on a second date, but he's determined to find his wife. Yeah, um, a guy like Henry Cavill. I'm yeah, sure that. I believe that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I look like Henry Cavill. I'm sure has a lot of problems with that. Women. Dude walks out of his front door with a broom to push away all the fucking pussy that gets. That's what I'm <laughs> That's what I'm thinking, well, man. Apparently, he never leaves his house. He's always playing World of Warcraft. That's because he gets assaulted by women on the streets. <laughs> Have you seen him Legit? in interviews? Legit you see how all the lady boners he gets in interviews? That poor man must be so uncomfortable in public. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What else? Um, your favorite, Aubrey Plaza, Big Nick, yeah, buddy. Um, is in a upcoming um, rom-com with Michael Caine called Best Sellers. Michael Caine? 
Yeah. Michael so, Caine. A, a pair of misfits that has a literary, literary twist. Wait, wait. So is, is, is that supposed to be a pairing of Aubrey Plaza and Michael Caine? God, yeah. I hope so. So is it a modern <laughs> version of Harold and Maude? Oh, <laughs> that'd be nice. I'd be okay with yeah, that. Just well, switch the roles. It's an older guy with a younger woman. Yeah, well, it centers I'm sure the on... the feminists will love this one. They, well, no, it, it's uh, <laughs> centers on a, um, a young editor, played by Aubrey, who decides to save the flailing publishing house her father left her by going on a book tour with an author, played by Kane, okay. to help establish the company several decades and an ocean of booze. Um, but interestingly enough, I guess I miss... Uh, no, I miss um, John read it. It's not a rom-com. I guess it's just a comedy. Oh, I misled okay. you guys. <laughs> you are quite that creepy. Be tricked there for a second. I know, because that would have been really creepy, right? That would have, have been up there. It's kind of like that movie with Tiffany Haddish and um, the older... Oh, gosh. She had a similar movie as well. Um, who was it with? Oh, big name actor. Um, but very similar. Kevin Hart? No, it was an older actor with Tiffany Haddish, and uh, uh, they're, how they they're, they became best friends, like unlikely best friends kind of thing. Mm. Oh wait, yeah, it's with uh, isn't that with Robert De Niro? I thought that was with Robert De Niro. Yeah, because I couldn't remember who it was. Yeah, it is Robert De Niro. You're right. Yeah. Yep. Um, let's see another uh, romantic comedy is The Hating Game, which stars Lucy Hale and Austin Stowell. Based on a hit novel by Sally Thorne. All right, so look out for that one. Okay. Along with Victoria Justice and Joel McHale have joined the cast of California King, a comedy that mixes together a story of friendship, mattresses, and a kidnapping gone terribly wrong. Oh, all right. That yeah. sounds like the kinds of movies I used to love watching in, like, uh, yeah. in, like, <laughs> college like all sorts of these like little kind of like really random comedies with like you know really like esoteric subject matter like you know right you said, wow you guys have some great yeah, um sat words <laughs> esoteric cafonany don't look at me i just talk good <laughs> <laughs> i only know two languages bad english and really bad english <laughs> Oh, man. One day I will be at Cannes Film Festival. Uh, that's the one festival that's eluded me. I've been to Tribeca Sundance. Good luck. Uh, Cannes will be <laughs> one. A, that is a tough one to get that's into. That's a tough over. one. It's a tough yeah. one. But uh, Cannes ha- is happening now. It's a, you know. Oh, is it still going? Still going. How I long think, is it? Is it like a two-week thing? I think it ends thing? this week. I think it ends this week. Yeah, we wow. talked about it last week. and I it's going it was on week. this week. Oh, okay. Right. One of the highlight movies was Flag Day, which stars Sean Penn and uh, his daughter, Dylan Penn, who plays his daughter in the movie. Huh. But, and uh, Sean, Penn, Sean Penn double duties as director and actor, um, playing a real-life bank robber and con artist. Okay, mm-hmm. And his daughter, Dylan Penn, plays Jennifer... His daughter, and exactly, an aspiring journalist who struggles with her fractured relationship with her family, mm. apparently got a standing O. Okay. At uh, the Cannes Film Festival. Reminds me a little bit of that plot for that movie Matchstick Men. Remember that? It was a really oh, yeah. Scott movie. Yeah, Reminds yeah. Reminds me a little bit of that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Just sounds like it. I've never seen it. I did, you know. Now, how about um Matthew Matthew Damon Matt Matt Damon for that matter. Matt Damon. <laughs> Play, playing um playing an Oklahoma Oklahoma oil rig worker. Okay. Um, who sacrifices everything to free his daughter from a French prison. Redneck Jason Bourne. And he's also redneck. That's the, that's, that's the redneck taken. That's what it yeah. sounds like. That's what it is, yeah. And um, he uh, he's actually a Trump supporter in this film as well. So. Oh. Ooh. Yeah. So yeah, I, 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 I had now. where he said that it was like, in doing the research for it, it was eye-opening. And uh, that's all he said about it, but... Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's a it's a bold choice for a. I mean, uh, if you're gonna try to go for that Oscar, there, you do something completely off the wall. Yeah. And well, yeah. what did they say? Don't go full retard. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting. One of the biggest laughs at the the, the premiere for this movie at Cannes was uh, when Damon's character is asked by a French woman if he voted for Donald Trump, and he did not. He responds. But only because a prior felony kept him from voting at all, but he would have supported Trump. So. <laughs> be the nice. only mention of it in the movie, and that's the thing they're glomming on. Maybe yeah. that's not a good sign for how good that movie is. Right. Yeah. yeah. And also, um, Red Rocket, another film at the Cannes Film Festival. I, got I, a... I saw something about this one. Yeah, she saw this one. So it's a, I didn't another see standing it, it. So it's all about a washed up porn star played by out of all people, someone that has <laughs> know, an actual washed up porn star and, and washed up actor and washed up MTV VJ and Simon Rex you guys remember Simon Rex. He's in a Cannes film festival film. And it, it, it apparently people are saying it's one of the better films of the festival, which is why I wonder if he shows his dick in it. He actually does. Oh, there you go. Standing yes. ovation. There you go. Um, if, so, only, if only the DCEU could do a Rocket Red movie, then I'd be... <laughs> just, and too late now. The They're same doing the Super Friends. Just movie. to cause confusion. <laughs> oh, the Rocket <laughs> Red. Just make that joke. Uh, yeah, with, no, just cast course. Simon Rex as, as Rocket Red. There you go. There you, go. <laughs> you want to know about Simon Rex's nude scene. So there's a scene where he runs a la Forrest Gump, where he's completely nude. Um, and yeah. Just so. helicopter for everyone to see. Exactly. <laughs> uh, French actor Leah Sado was supposed to be the toast of the Cannes Film Festival, but she actually had to cancel her trip to the south of France after testing positive for COVID. Mm. Um, so she is now... Um, get you every time. Yeah, get you every time. So she's got to isolate for sure. Um, and over at the Venice Film Festival, there's a big premiere, which will be um, Spencer, the film Spencer, which is Kristen Stewart as Lady Diana, that will be uh, as part of the Venice Film Festival. We talked Kristen about that. Kristen Stewart as uh, Diana. Kristen Stewart, as you called her, a mouth breather. She um, is a bit of a mouth breather. Yes, I've never <laughs> seen her close her mouth. She actually looks a lot like Princess Di in the hair and makeup and the whole getup. I was kind of blown away. Okay. She's not a bad actress. She's just gotten, been some in some bad movies. <laughs> and she can't close her mouth. Aw. Sorry. I mean... You know, everyone has their <laughs> style. <laughs> it could be like a, it could be a tick. I don't know. Who knows, right? I don't know. I'm just being uh, me. Just being me. I'm still saving Black Widow talk, so I guess we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, um. Okay. Huh, anyways. 
difficulties on their end. All right, so I'll save Black Widow talk. Hopefully she'll eventually join, be joining us. All right, moving on to Netflix movies. So The Rock, mm-hmm. Dwayne Johnson, Ryan Reynolds, Gal Gadot. Um, they just announced that Red Notice, another red film, by the way, mm-hmm. will be dropping mm-hmm. on November 12th. Um, this is uh, arguably Netflix's biggest movie in the, in the history of their franchise because really? of the budget and... Okay. You know, they're going all out for this movie. This this movie will forego the theaters. This will uh, be dropping directly <sighs> on Netflix. <sighs> which is wild for that kind of cast. I mean, The Rock going yeah. back to streaming, really? <laughs> they must have gotten a big fat paycheck. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. They still haven't. Netflix still has not revealed how they make money. That's the weird thing. Subscriptions, man. They get right? their monthly subscriptions. Half but the that, world that can't is be uploaded enough. on Netflix. That can't be enough. And they and actually factor increased out. their uh, subscription rate, I think, right? What's that? Huh. They they in, actually increased their uh, subscription rate. They did. Yeah, by they a little did. bit. Yeah, well, by another dollar. They do that like every one or two years. They say like we're bumping it up another dollar. Yeah. Because it, it's just one dollar, you don't realize that like five years ago you were paying eight bucks. <laughs> now right. you're paying fifteen. <laughs> exactly. I imagine this isn't the case for this movie because it stars Dwayne Johnson, but uh, yeah. There was a. Hey, <laughs> there I was... We have someone else joining us. <laughs> Just so you guys to... know, there's 200 million subscribers to Netflix. So if each person pays 15 bucks a month, I think they're doing. Multiply okay. that times 200. Yeah. Okay, How many subscribers? 200 million. 200 million subscribers to Netflix <laughs> times 200 dollars. And overseas yeah. taxes don't kind count. Of exactly. So are we ready to announce who she is on Below the Belt Show? Oh, I don't need an announcement. Yes, that's right, guys. It's been a minute since cosplayer extraordinaire TMF Tiffany Marie Ford has graced us with her lovely presence, a.k.a. Miss Fira Winters, the one and only, that's right, TMF back on BTB Airways. Tiffany, it's good to have you back. Better late than never. That's going to be on my gravestone when I die. <laughs> and this is the first show that you are co-hosting with your bestie uh who you referred to us on below the belt show and he's been knocking it out of the park every time well, uh jesse and tiffany's first below the belt show together how about that but i have two besties here and that is al who's ever forgiving of me thank you thank you thank you um <laughs> i don't see as often but also yes jesse fresco who is probably much more in tune than i am to be honest <laughs> yes yes well you know you you tell the truth <laughs> but we love you we love you nonetheless so uh, are we ready to talk some black widow we are just yes i we were saving black widow for you and then we just decided yeah we'll just uh, skip ahead and come circle back to black widow but now that you're on with us Let's talk about everything Black Widow. Um, this is officially the first film in Phase 4 of MCU. After over a year of no films in MCU, it was great to to see this uh, film. Um, was it worth the wait? Yeah, I'd say so. It was pretty action-packed. Um, it was kind of like a passing of the torch with um, Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow, um, Natasha, to... Um, Yelena Belova, played by Florence Pugh. Yeah. Um, just fantastic performances all around by all, all involved. David Harbour, 
was great as Alexi, the Red Guardian. Mm-hmm. Um, the Taskmaster ended up uh, being pretty badass, and I know Mike the General Zod's got some comic book knowledge intel on the Taskmaster character. Oh. But what you should it's... know is it picks up right after mm-hmm. Captain America Civil War, so that's where it can be a little convoluted for some viewers that yeah. you kind of have to know the timeline when watching um well i think at this point we're like what 24 movies deep into the universe if you're not on board yet just don't even bother yeah <laughs> right <laughs> there is no such thing as a jumping on point with this franchise anymore it's no. where's yeah. the jumping on point iron man one <laughs> the jumping true. on point is disney plus <laughs> <laughs> that's you that's you yeah um, but yeah, no, I think it's great that she reunites with her old um, former spy family. Yeah. They kind of compare the, to the Americans because they're not actual family, but they're kind of like um, a spy family. And um, Yelena Belova is Natasha's, you know, fake sister, you know, and they kind of uh, grew up together. But um, but yeah, no, I thought I thought it was fantastic. It definitely fills the the plot holes that were you kind of right. wanted to know more information about um, when they made references in the other MCU films. Mm-hmm. Overall, um, for those of that have seen the movie, would you, uh, you guys agree? You guys uh, think it uh, did everything it should have and more? I haven't watched it yet, but go ahead. <laughs> It did what it should have, I guess. I mean, it still felt kind of out of place because, uh, I don't know, like, I mean, it, the, the timing of it felt weird because, you know, we waited so long for this movie and then it takes place in that kind of like weird liminal period between, um, Civil War and, um, Infinity War. Yeah. And... And so the, there was there was something about that that felt a little off, and I don't know, like uh, I kind of I kind of get what they did with, with with Taskmaster to make it more to make that character more like um, I guess like kind of like emotionally resonant for uh, Natasha, but that wasn't the Task like I love Taskmaster in the comics, and mm-hmm. that wasn't Me too. Taskmaster in the comics at all. Well, here's <laughs> so the thing. It, for Is anybody that doesn't twist? like the Taskmaster that they put into the movie, I, I know the twist. I know what it is. Yeah. If Ribbit doesn't like it, they'll just fix it later on. The Mandarin, right. you didn't like it in Iron Man 3? Oh, we're going to fix it later on. <laughs> Don't worry yes. about it. Right. And, that, and that's the thing. Like, they could, because especially, I mean, is it okay if we talk spoilers? Just yeah. Because, yeah, that's yeah. why we're here. Yeah. I'm okay. fine with it because I, I, I know this. I read the synopsis. I read the plot. I'm, I just haven't had time to sit down and watch it. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, I know the twist. I know the stuff. So go right ahead. <laughs> well, it made it made total sense in the movie because they had to have some kind of like because um, like, you know, if they just had made the Taskmaster just like a mercenary, it didn't yeah. really make any sense. It wouldn't have any connection to um, to anybody. And so to make it the, uh, you know, the uh, what was her name? Um, crap. I don't Ant- remember what her name is either. Antonia. I think it was Antonia. Antonia. That's right. Antonia. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and she's like, you know, to make it the daughter of Drakov um, made a lot of sense. Drakov, I think, was a little too cartoony. He was like totally a cartoon villain. I mean, he was like, you know, snidely whiplash evil. 
You know, he <laughs> kind of reminded me like the Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, uh, and I think that's what it is. Oh, yeah, I've seen photos of him. Stuff. He looks like Harvey Weinstein. Doesn't he look like Harvey Weinstein? <laughs> Doesn't he have a think... casting couch in the in his office? And if you think yeah. about not only appearance, guys, think about his abilities. He was able to control all those widows, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, with 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 his, um, you know, his mind control abilities. Not, yeah. not subtle, not subtle or, with or, his metaphor. Oh. Yeah, with the the pheromone ability that. Well, you know, I mean, there's like, and there's lines, like lines that he says, like, what was the one about the only, uh, the only resource that will never, uh, <laughs> that will never diminish is girls, which sounds so fucking creepy. To <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> what about what Yelena alluded to? What they do to all the widows? They give them hysterectomies. They they take out their entire reproductive well, they, organs. They, oh. they, they chop everything out. <laughs> that was a. I mean, her her um delivery of that whole sketch was just like I saw, I got to see it in theaters and everybody was laughing their ass off. Yeah. But like Florence Pugh stole that movie from yeah from. From Scarlet? Really? Oh, hell yeah. Really? I thought she she had the funny moments, and where Scarlet had the serious moments. Yeah. It's right. pretty funny because, like, Florence Pugh, if you ever see in Midsummer, you know that she always has that that frowny face all the time in yeah. that movie. Yeah. I mean, rightfully so, because her character goes through a horrible tragedy in the opening of the film. But yeah, to see her go in the opposite direction of being like, oh, she's the funny one now. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's she odd. She was pretty funny in Fighting With My Family. I don't know if you guys saw the rest. You probably yes. saw Yes. She was in that too, and she was fucking Was that her? Yeah, that was her. That was, that was hey. Oh, damn, that was her. That's the oh, biopic of, of WWE superstar and, and sex cam star Paige. Yeah, yeah. that was a yeah. Good Sorry, I had to throw the sex cam part out because she, her <laughs> videos leaked, but um, not not Florence's, but Paige's. So. Um, <laughs> they didn't talk about that in Fighting with My Family, though. No, um, they, they kind of skimmed over that part. But uh, yeah, um, uh, what else? What else from the film? Um, can we go into the um, the? Um, I'll tell you the post credit scenes. Oh, okay. Before we get to post credits, the stunts. Uh, I would say the stunts for this movie were probably better than the stunts in some of the most recent action. Like I, I put it on par with John wick with the stunt fight, like the fight scenes in this movie. It was impressive. Yeah. Like, especially like Scarlet. So and, good. Um, Scarlet, uh, fucking and Florence, their fight scene in the house when they first, when we first saw oh, yeah. together, Natasha and Yelena. Yeah. It was just fucking impressive. And, I was impressed by that fight scene. It was yeah. amazing. And whoever whoever was the stuntman that would that that was actually in the Taskmaster suit for those fight scenes, was I mean, he was killing it. Yeah, could Hell have been yeah. a woman. It could have been a woman. Could have been a woman. True. Yeah, don't forget. But like, um, I mean, but the they fact they didn't make they, the, they the outfit the costume it. like gender specific. Right. They actually so made you didn't know whether it was like kind of like Samus from Metroid. You didn't know whether it was a. Yeah, but the choreo- uh, it was a woman. Well, oh, I know, but but the, the costume was didn't indicate. They it was alluded a that it could have been a man at first. Right, that's what I'm trying twist. to say. Yeah, I think yeah. he's talking stunt per, the actual stunt. Um, uh, the stunt person, whoever, yeah. stunt person, a woman. Costume, because we already know that um, yeah. that part they 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 clearly exposed. But I think uh, Fresco is talking about who the actual stunt actor was or the stunt specialist was, performer was. Yeah. That, that female. Which I'm one? Gonna find <laughs> out. Actually, I was wondering more about the history because, um, the I mean, when you look at it in the suit, it's so androgynous. I honestly thought it was a man first, but at the same time, right. I kind of 
because they touched base on what she did to his daughter in the beginning, but you didn't see anything past that at all. You didn't see what happened, you know, his response, what happened in her life. They didn't really talk about it after that moment. She just said she needed out. So I was wondering, I was just like, I think that's too cut short for, um, for me to, to feed that. I think I thought that there was more to that, uh, to be honest. Um, but then they kind of just jumped ahead and I felt that was also for a reason until they exposed that. And I'm kind of like, okay, my partner that's seeing the movie is like, oh shit. And I'm like, but I don't feel that. I'm like, huh, yeah, I'm not surprised. Just so I think it was intentionally for the lead up so that it was completely believable that that was the option because this guy that did control them, that programmed them, he was, mm -hmm. I mean, he was the biggest part. He was the point in the lead up to this movie. So right. the fact that when all she says is I wanted out, it was a pretty quick scene with nothing after that. Until then, that made sense. They did that intentional. So I thought that was a possibility to begin with because you didn't actually hear anything confirmed about what happened to his daughter. Just that she kind of got fucked over in the middle of it. Pardon my friend. Yeah. Mm. Looked pretty crazy when she <laughs> took off the helmet and that crazy eye thing going on. It was pretty wild. But, it was uh, kind, of a, kind of a misuse. I mean, it was Olga Kurylenko. How do you pronounce Kurylenko. Yeah. Erlenko. You know she's over 50? Really? Yeah. Impressive. Wow. Yeah, she doesn't look like it. Rachel <laughs> Weiss is over 52, you. isn't she? Yeah. Pregnant right now. My gosh. But they aged her for that movie. I mean, they really did. I was just like, mm. she so poorly. So I had to go immediately and look up a photo of her currently. I'm like, oh, she doesn't look that bad. What are they trying <laughs> yeah. to say? Impressions. Okay, I see. That's All the women looked like. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But she's are we ready to talk about the uh, oh, the post credit so scene? The stunt man for Taskmaster, while in the yes. suit, his name his his name was Andy Lister. It was a guy. Okay. Oh, it was oh, it was okay. I'm looking at the wrong. I was looking at Scarlett Johansson's birth. That was Heidi Honeymaker, I think is her name. Yeah. That was uh, Scarlett Johansson's. Oh, okay. Okay. I was I looking at the wrong one. Sorry, my mistake. <laughs> okay. I, I, was, I mean, because the whole thing, like all the choreography with Taskmaster, you could actually tell the characters. From their fighting style, who who the Taskmaster was emulating yeah. almost yeah. The time, which I was pretty Taskmaster impressive. Taskmaster didn't do Scarlet's pose though, you know. He did. Yeah, he did. Oh, he did. He did. Oh, the bridge. Oh, shit. Yeah. You're right. Okay. The one that made me go, ah, that yeah, was that's your pose. Yeah. Started doing Winter Soldier with the knife. Did you guys yeah. notice that one? Yeah. I was like, okay, yeah. That's Elena good. calls uh, Natasha a poser. Pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> As she tries to do the pose, I mean, she does the pose, kind of drops down toward the end, and she does the head flip, and she's like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. Florence Pugh just it'd be great if It'd be great if Deadpool was standing off the side, to the side going, superhero landing, superhero landing, here it comes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I, I, think, uh, I think I know what pose the Miss um, TMF's uh, next uh, cosplay will be. Uh, yeah, I've already many done photos one. in that pose, I'm she sure. Right? that one. You've done it already many times. With that pose, I'm sure I've done all of her poses at least ten times over. But um, I, I liked her. <laughs> I liked I liked the actress that played her. But I really think that at times they were forcing that humor. They were kind of beating a dead horse a couple a couple moments for me, where I'm just like, okay, we get it. We get that joke too. Yeah, that's the same nature. It's funny, haha. But I really think that they were becoming redundant with the humor. Um, well, but I still think it was very redundant. Okay. Yeah, because it was twice. You know, it's that, 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 yeah. Once was enough, twice. Yeah. Shame on me, shame on you. <laughs> kind of thing, right? It's like that that opportunity where you deliver the punchline, but then you're like, see what I did there? Get it? Haha. Uh -huh. Like, 
Get it? I know. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Well, let's move on to the uh, post-credit scene. So Jesse, this oh, yeah. will be another. I am um, so excited. That 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 was uh, the thing I was most excited about in the movie. Yes. So let's uh, reiterate what happened. So Yelena, played by Florence Pugh, pulls up in a truck with a dog, um, parking, uh, and then walking over to Natasha's grave. Um, mm-hmm. Jumps uh, fast forward to at some point after. I uh, guess Endgame, right? Because mm. sadly, <clears throat> Natasha has already died, and yeah. guess confirms that she is still dead <laughs> in the timeline. Um, and of course, Natasha sacrificed her life. Before we continue, so can I ask one question? Could acquire can the ask, soul stone. Can I ask one question? Why does a super spy assassin have a headstone? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> As we know, does not actually say they're still dead. How many times have we seen in any movie? Yeah. Let alone what happens in the comic universe with Morgan yeah. Stark, Tony Stark, this twist. Jesse and I had this talk this past weekend. And yeah. Black. Why? How many times have we seen in movies? You know, there's the headstone, and suddenly that superhero or that character showing shows up in the scene, standing right behind the tombstone. Like we've all seen yeah. that happen before. <laughs> yeah, it, it is a little yeah. cliche, but who it was was cool. So it's Julie Louis Dreyfus. Mm. It was my TV boss on V for four seasons in Baltimore, yeah. Oh, yeah, she was um, mine. She was mine, yeah, too. Yeah, that's yours. Uh, was Contessa Valentina Allegra de la Fontaine. What a name, by the Just way. Just say Madame Hydra, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Madame Hydra, who was first introduced in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, yeah. um, which kind of ties you know, her character to the movie, which is great. So if you and don't have Disney+, Plus, you have no of... clue who that chick is. <laughs> <laughs> and thus Hopefully it fully confirms all of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's not canon. Don't even watch it. Uh, all of it. It's not canon. Don't watch so it. So Katessa says to Yelena, I'm allergic to the Midwest. You know, and then she's like, you're not supposed to be bothering me on my holiday time. You know, and then bothering you? No, no, no. I'm here to pay my respects. Uh, and then she's like, I got your next ta- uh, target. I thought I'd hand deliver it and ends up being Hawkeye, a.k.a. Yeah. That's right. Jeremy AKA Renner himself. Get Disney Plus. Uh, yeah. yeah get Disney Plus. <laughs> um, the one thing there would have been much more impact with that scene. I know I would have like been over the moon with that scene if they hadn't already announced Florence Pugh was going to be in the Hawkeye show. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, like if they hadn't announced Florence Pugh was going to be in the Hawkeye show, I would have my jaw would have just dropped during that. I scene. mean, because Hawkeye is far and away my favorite Avenger, just from the comic. really. Yes, yes, he is. What always, about the movies, though? Is he the same? Uh, no, but in there the com- <laughs> in the comics, he is my far and away my favorite Avenger okay. character. And like, um, so there's always been a side character, action Hawkeye, or which Hawkeye are you talking about? Uh, everything going back to when I was a kid, like when he was in Thunderbolts, and like, um, and especially the Matt Fraction Hawkeye run, which is like, oh, that's fantastic, yeah, yeah, one of the best comic series I think I've ever read, (laughs) and um. So, like, you know, I'm finally glad that Hawkeye is getting something in the MCU yeah. because he's he's been done dirty so many times. By even, even though, though it's not really his to get Kate Bishop set up. Yeah, it's he's not really not... his show. <laughs> Kate, it's a Kate Bishop show. Yeah, it's the Kate <laughs> Bishop okay. show because they're setting up the pieces for the next Avengers team because they can't 
keep all the old actors under contract anymore because they cost right. too much. Yeah. Right. Like, yep. That's why J- Dan- Downey is out. That's why Evans is out. That's why Scarlett Johansson's gone. It's why Clint, uh, Jeremy Renner, uh, Jeremy Renner is gone. gone. They're Wait, getting the yet. new cast in. Jenny, Jeremy Renner's at least doing the series. But yeah, yeah but I'm saying series, like after the series done. is done, he's out. But also because he got busted okay. um, because he was arrested for beating the shit out of his girlfriend. Whoops. Oh, wow. Remember that? Yeah, <laughs> That's remember also that. why they're getting rid of him. He didn't get canceled, though. He's on a series. So. He I don't why he didn't get canceled. Like, seriously, dude. Like, you... you <laughs> that bizarre story about Jeremy Renner, how he set up his own social media network. Oh, God, yeah. App where, like, it was supposed to be for Jeremy Renner fans, I guess. Oh. <laughs> like, uh, okay. And it had this, uh, it had this big problem with, uh, with people like spoofing IDs on it. And, like, um, it was like, so he's a, he's kind of a weird guy. He's kind probably, of a weird guy. Just recast him with Ryan Gosling and be done with it, damn it. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, Clint Barton should get more attention than he does. I'll just say yeah. that. In the MCU. Yeah. All right. Well, Jensen no surprise. Is done with fucking, what's his name? Make Jensen Ackles Hawkeye already. Oh, okay. Well, he's already Soldier Boy, unfortunately. Soldier Boy and the boys. So. Yeah, he's that's, already, that's he's not already in booked the same up. universe. So not technically he could do it. it. So no surprise, Black Widow, the number one movie. Um, with 80 million opening um, at the North American box office, uh, smashing the previous pandemic era record set by Fast Nine. Mm-hmm. Um, nice that movie theaters are finally coming back. Yeah, it was nice to yeah. go see it in theaters. It was. I, I was reluctant to go. My wife kind of forced me to, and I'm happy I went. Because yeah. I've, I've was, seen every other Marvel movie in theaters. It came well, out Tiffany. literally at night. Um, so it was great that, and, and honestly, that was nice too. Like uh, my, my spouse, he was just like, oh, it's going to be on Plex. And I'm like, yeah, but we haven't been out since the pandemic. This is the first time <laughs> you know, debut back out in public. You still get space from assholes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you braved the theater. Order it. Yeah. So I went to Good. the theater. And as soon as I saw that it was on Plex the next morning, I watched it another four times. So Another uh, four times. <laughs> All right. Yeah. At five or six at this point. It was on earlier today too. It was on. Yeah, I'm at least at six times now. Okay. Wow. Jesus. Somebody liked it. And don't okay. worry, flash my boobs on camera, so I'll be back. Oh. Okay. <laughs> of course, okay. you have to have the video disabled for that moment. Damn of course. It. Um, <laughs> but that's, but that's, that's what that's... I said. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, it, I will say that even though I haven't watched the movie yet, I will say it. It does feel weird putting this movie here. You all agree that it's it's weird putting this as like the start of phase four because it's right. Yeah, it is really just a setup for Yelena. That's what it is. It's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's nothing was, more than that. Exactly. I was talking with you, Nick, about whether this it's is supposed to be a Black like a Widow movie, three. but it's not really. <laughs> it's, yeah, but it kind uh, of fills the storylines of of phase three I, introducing I, the phase four character. Yeah, I, I is, really do feel yeah. like. I mean, and, and, and I'll, I'm, I'm going to even include the, the new Disney Plus shows in this as well. I feel like all of them are the end of Phase 3 because all of yeah. them, the whole purpose was to set up for Phase 4. There you yeah. go. Yeah, there it, you it's go. Setting, it sets up, you know, the first show, WandaVision, sets up the new story for Wanda. Mm-hmm. Falcon and Winter Soldier sets up the new Captain America. And yep. Loki sets up for the Multiverse of Madness. Like, it's... Yep. It all is bridging to that, and it's yeah. this is the big negative when you get 
stories with this many characters in it, you get mm-hmm. uh, conundrum overload. Yep. And you end up with like it is a multiverse of madness. There's so much going on. There's so much going so on. So goddamn much. And it's like they're just they just they need to streamline this shit a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's just it feels like everything is about maintaining continuity and quality control. There's never that one off movie anymore. Like the most we can get when we eventually talk about what, you, know what, though? you know what though? Black Widow could almost feel like a one off movie. Because well, it's it, not it kind like, of as intended as that, but at the same time, it still does feel like, oh, we set up for the next Black Widow. Like this well, is this yeah, is a setup for the you, next you thing can, down the line. You can make that argument about any franchise movie that is going to have. No, um, look at the Mission Impossible movies. Each one could end on its own as its own story. But I mean, that's there. Uh, I, yeah. I'm not, you, you can make that. a good individual story while also being part of a larger story. You know. All right. So finishing the top five, of course, Black Widow number one, Fast Nine number two, number three was Boss Baby, uh, The Forever Purge was the fourth, and the fifth was Quiet Place Part Two. Strong. Um, that's been uh, several months already that the uh, Quiet Place Part Two has been in the top five. So, well, um, process of elimination. But the look, only movie in theaters, you do pretty good. Yeah, and if you go to HBO Max and you do all those, then it's not going to do as well in the theaters because people would rather stay at home, stay at home and watch it, right? I really hope that uh, Green Knight, when it comes out, makes like a billion dollars. Yeah, that's Green Knight. Oh, I want that movie to be so goddamn good. Oh, it looks so good. I agree. And next week, Space Jam: A New Legacy could threaten Black (laughs) Widow's top spot, but we will see. Probably not. I saw Ready Player One. That's, that's, that's how it looks to you ready player one yeah it's just ready player one it's the same production company it's warner brothers yeah the iron giant is in it yeah it's this it's the it's basically just a sequel to ready player one yeah. as opposed uh-huh. to the actual sequel to ready player one that's already in development all right player two. So, so before ready player two. before we take our break let's uh move over to disney plus and talk about episode six that's right the season one finale we can say season one because mm-hmm. of Loki, be but two. that's correct. There will be a season two. It was revealed in the end credits of Loki, uh, episode six, season one, that Loki will return in season two because, God damn it, it was a hell of a cliffhanger. So you yeah. had to. <laughs> had to. <laughs> you think Loki season two will have Tom Hiddleston, though? Or will it be about Sylvie? We'll see. Oh, no, oh. he's confirmed to come back. Yeah, he's I think oh, okay. Sylvie. He's too much of a cash cow to get rid of. Like, exactly. He, and plus, he really likes the character. He enjoys his time doing these. Doing, they basically let him do whatever he wants. Yeah, he yeah, got he's got a few actors who just say, like, you, you know what you're tie. doing. Go ahead. Instead of well, a love you know, I guess he's not at a level to demand, you know, Downey Jr. or Chris Evans money or Chris Hemsworth money yet. He doesn't right. demand it because he doesn't really want it. Yeah. Nick, you said something? Well, I was going to add on to something that was said earlier about Loki, but this can go first. Okay. Once we start digging into the episode a little bit. I'll, okay, I'll... yeah, we're going to talk about the episode. So, um, yeah, I mean, no surprise. It ended up being really uh, successful with the audience. It's on Disney+. Plus, and, of course, uh, introduced some uh, crazy characters. But let's talk about the major, I guess, potential big bad. 
um, which I know Mike the General Zod knows all the information from his comic book. I, I know who it is. I know who it is. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I can play by Jonathan Majors. Talking about this character. <laughs> yes, let's talk about Jonathan Majors' character. Yeah. Well, basically the man at the end of the earth, basically, and apparently has many other variants throughout the universe. Mm-hmm. And one of them being. Still, one of them being. Did, did they reveal it? Did they reveal they it? They didn't though? reveal it. They didn't actually name him. They in, didn't say the name. Yeah. But, they yeah. but he's already been cast in this role. Right. Yeah. He has. And, and like for. Yeah. For anyone who doesn't know, and obviously... Go ahead and say it, Mike. I mean, it's supposed to be Kang the Conqueror. There you go. It's like a huge... Although although I think the character that actually played... That he actually played in the episode of Loki... Because he said he was a variant. And, like, he gets killed in the end. I think that was supposed to be... There was, like, a more benevolent version of Kang called um, Immortus. Hmm. And... I think that's who that character was actually supposed to be, the one that's in the Loki episode. Mm-hmm. Because, like, Al, you may not know, with Kang, there's, like, because of all the variants, he's been called, like, he, and they even, like, hint at it. They say, I've been dubbed many names. Besides Kang, he was uh, called Ramatut, the Living Pharaoh. He mm-hmm. was called Scarlet Centurion. He was called this. Wow. He was called Iron Lad. He was called, um... Kid Kang. I think it was Kid Kang. That was Kid in... Kang. Holy yeah. smokes. And like, and like, there's like, uh, he was, uh, and, and uh, also, um, uh, what was the last one? He had another alter ego too, but. No, oh, and Daniel Richards. Oh, yeah. Like, he supposedly, I mean, he claimed to be Reed Richards' father, which I don't know if they're going to do that or not, but. Um, they're but gonna... also, son. they're in to get to the Fantastic Four. Yeah. Yeah. And we know that's coming. We know that's it's coming. Real. It's supposed to be the last one of Phase Four. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I think they confirmed that it's supposed to be the last thing they're introducing in Phase Four. So the the X Men, they're not even going to show up till Phase Five. Mm-hmm. You got to wait another like five six years so you're going to get the X Men guys. They're still trying to find the white room. Yeah. Yeah. So of course, with um, this character, He Who Remains, who was one of the variants of Kang the Conqueror, he gets killed by Sylvie, and he was telling the truth. He warned. Sylvie and Loki that if you kill me all my variants or I guess all his iterations would be released into the universe right Mm -hmm. including Kang the Conqueror yeah Yeah. quite makes sense but I'll go with it (laughs) so so the point that I was trying to make and it was essentially what Jesse brought up about this the conundrum drum where everything is happening like because of how much stuff is happening in the Marvel Universe now that episode was 80% exposition I agree I agree. Yeah, and like I like as as far as season finales go, right? As, especially for the three shows now, I feel like it was the weakest simply because it had to dump so oh. much exposition on us. To, yeah. to a degree, I will agree. It's, it's referred to as third act exposition, which is what you never want to do in a film. Like yeah, if you did that in a movie, the audience immediately tunes out. But this that's is why it works for TV. Not that's why it works for TV because for me. <laughs> You have these Claire. five other good episodes leading up to that finale, and at that, that right. point, I'm kind of like, you know what? It's very good. It, it reminds me a little bit of um. You guys ever watch Quantum Leap? Yeah. Remember that show? Yeah. You know how that show ends? Four no. He talks oh, to God. Yeah, he has a conversation with um. A bartender, and it's God. Yeah. And he basically <laughs> asks him, you know, he, he says, "Well, I, I, I don't know what to do now, and I, I, I can't get home." And the God's like, "You could have gone home anytime you wanted to." 
And then Scott, and then it's revealed that um, uh, he never returned home at the very end of the show. He just kept leaping forever for all eternity. Right. So the counter argument to that, though, is that this is not just a regular TV show. This is a TV show that's connected to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. So, so in my eyes, it's still a movie. It's just a six-hour movie instead of a two-hour movie. Okay. For for me, anyways, I, I went into that watching that episode, and I'm just like, okay, guys, you're obviously. I mean, I get the purpose of the show of the show, but for me, it was just a little too on the nose. Okay, dude, it, there's like 12 hour movies that exist. Oh, I know that. I mean, you know. But <laughs> <laughs> well, what what's most important though, guys, after Sylvie Slade, uh, the Man Who Remains, is that this is kind of the start of the multiverse in, yeah. in the MCU yep. uh, because of all those different variants, uh, you know, that are going to be um, starting in, I guess, season two of Loki. Yep. Um, and of course, a lot of the movies that are going to be coming out, talk about the different multiverses, including the multiverse of madness, a Dr. Strange film, which will kind of tie into that yep. as well. Um, and I believe Spider-Man up, like the next Spider-Man the Man movie, which is setting up all the next Ant-Man movie. Correct. <laughs> So Spider-Man yeah. No Way Home, as if you've been reading, yeah. is going to bring yeah. some original Spider-Man it's characters from the other movies. So that's also leaks. bringing in the multiverse as well. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure waiting. Shang-Chi and the... Eternals will also have some elements of uh, yeah. multiverse in there as well. Yeah. So what are you saying, Seth? What are you saying? Uh, I was like, we can't do spoilers of the um, the multi-universe Spider-Man movie coming up because I was excited about that one. Yeah, we've we've talked about it. There's, and, there's yeah. leaks, but there's nothing confirmed yet. Yeah, we haven't I mean, gotten uh, Tom Holland confirmation. Yeah, have we? That's the well, they're, I'm they're, sorry, no, sorry. Away from the press. Toby Maguire. Uh, Toby Maguire. Yeah, sorry. he's been seen on the set, but there's no confirmation yet. Andrew Garfield too. As much as he likes to deny it, they've seen him on set too. If if, yeah. if an actor ever says I can neither confirm nor deny, or they don't want to talk about it, that that's that's yes. there. That's well, Jonathan Major flatly lied, saying that he was going to be in Loki. Oh, did he really? Yeah. Tiff's trying to talk. Tiff's trying to talk. I think it's just, I don't even know if mine's working or not, but I do know that I just seen an article yesterday because I brought it up to Mikey, and I'm like, wait, so they're, they're, they're crossing, they're having all of them come back, and it's a photo of them, and they're confirming that at least all of the original Spider-Man costumes will be in this movie. And I'm like, if that's not a confirmation for you, I don't know what is. Yeah. It's, and it's a photo of the three of them together in this announcement of this confirmation of the suits and the, the costuming in the movie. And I'm like, no, you just gave it away. It's... Yeah. You can't buy that any further. Yeah. So that was another big moment in the uh, the episode of Loki was the kiss. All that sexual yeah. tension between Loki and Sylvie, yeah. which one could argue that he's kind of kissing himself <laughs> because she's the female version of Loki. Um, but you could argue that's not the case yeah. or not. But like, uh, is it yeah. technically masturbation at that point? <laughs> <laughs> But no, I, I you know they, I think he's such an egomaniac that I think it was that, it's like I was the about to parent. say it's like he's such an egomaniac the only person he could really love is himself. Right. <laughs> do you feel do you feel like uh, Loki's um, Loki's you know character journey was earned because like it you know because yes, one absolutely. of one of the sort uh, of one of the significant things in that was Loki. <clears throat> very selfless in uh yeah 
in that, like, I mean, because he had the opportunity to get power, <laughs> yeah. and he turned it down. Yeah. Which, that was, I wanted to bring that up, is that it, it starts out with him as Loki from the 2012 Avengers movie. Yeah. So it's like, it's that Loki. So I'm like, okay, he's still going to be brash. He's going to be an asshole. But then, like, by episode three, purpose. he's like Loki from Infinity War. Right. It's, it's, it's that guy. <laughs> I'm not sure if you guys saw the meme, but the perfect comparison to what Fresco is saying was literally this meme that shows the scene where it's the last, um, it was the second to last episode. And in that scene, Loki's on his knees, but then you have where he's about to escape and climb up. Oh, and, yeah. <laughs> and, you have, and he knows what I'm about to say. And you have Loki, you know, the pretentious, the arrogant, the god Loki with the, the horns <laughs> and the vest and he's suited up looking down at him and the meme says you can't give me bottom loki and top loki in the same scene yeah <laughs> it's, your, it's your guy that can do both <laughs> and it shows you the character development and transition between that original 2012 and then uh-oh <laughs> this is who he's become so it was yeah. a great contrasting conflict um, or a contrasting mirror of the, the character development right then and there. But it was weird. Sexually, it was weird. So I think he's giving himself oral when he kisses her at the end. I think that's the better term. Okay. So, yeah, that's it was weird. Yeah. It got really weird. But the same thing that can be said for any couple that says, you know, about their significant other, oh, we're just so much alike. We have everything in common. Does that not mean that humans are naturally also egocentric? Because I think so. Loki is kind of just a personification of that that becomes more and more outward. Yeah. Yeah. So it definitely makes me want to watch uh, season two. So hopefully they'll be in production for that with all those cliffhangers. I, um, I love the I love the ending that's like um, the Planet of the Apes ending. I love that. Yeah. Gets back and just like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit that great, that's a great line. cliffhanger that's great that was really cool that was cool and for next on disney plus for the marvel universe will be what if this is the first ever animated series uh under the mcu banner uh will drop on august 11th so not long you know not long with these gaps between these marvel uh series they got to keep it going so that way you don't cancel your they learned that with I'm, mandalorian I'm they realized mandalorian's over what do we do now we cancel <laughs> <laughs> that That's was it. smart. Very they smart. realize we got to keep making content. Exactly. We got to keep it going. And no? don't don't overlap them. You know, the, yeah. make them go right don't after the other. Don't overlap them. Give a, give a break between it, shows. Exactly. Keep it going. Exactly. What do you think yeah. about this um, What If series? That new Monsters Inc. show too, which is actually pretty good. So yeah, they're. Yeah. Well, what do you think about the What If? Um, animated trailer pretty cool it's it's it also cool. the animation style looks pretty rad yeah and it's also chadwick boseman's swan song as he oh, provides yeah, the voice right. of t'challa oh that's right it's his last thing yeah that's right. he takes the mantle of star lord in one episode again these are um what if scenarios yeah. basically there's you know self-contained stories of what happens if you know for instance uh peggy becomes captain america you know captain um, carter Captain. Captain Carter, exactly. And what if, you know, T'Challa, you know, um, um, what is this? What a scenario becomes Star Lord instead. So, yeah. um, and, and a lot the Marvel of Marvel zombies in there as well. That's cool. And <laughs> the original actors from the MCU movies will be voicing a lot of their characters, with some some exceptions. No, Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> they exactly. Couldn't they got another actor. Couldn't afford fifty million dollars for. An <laughs> <MCU movie. laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> I mean, Josh Brolin, he's doing Thanos. I mean, you know. But Dominic Cooper is voicing um, Stark. Oh, wait. No, no. He's he's voicing Howard Stark. Sorry. Oh, okay. so I have the actor that's well, voicing. Well, he played, he, played, he played Howard Stark in, the, in Captain America. Yeah. Yes. I was looking for the the Tony Stark voice. I don't know I have no idea. that information. <laughs> uh, also, Seth Green will be voicing Howard the Duck. Oh right, finally! Oh, good, he's coming which, back. Which which apparently is now trending, and it's interestingly enough, Leah Thompson, who starred in the Howard the Duck movie, um, tweeted that she would be more than happy to actually direct um, <laughs> Howard yes. the Duck. Um, Howard the Duck reboot. Oh if they ever planned one on Disney Plus, so she's putting her, you know, she's putting uh, her name in the hat. Is, you know? is is Howard the Duck on Disney Plus? Because no. it's technically a Marvel property. Yeah, I know, know right? It's a Marvel, technically, it's a Marvel property, but it is not on Disney Plus. I didn't think so because you get to see duck titties in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Tiffany, kidding. What are you saying? I'm not kidding. It's a PG movie. Yeah, the scene where Howard is flying through. No, Save it's PG because this is before they made the PG-13 rating. I just want you to do that again. That's all I could hear you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's a scene, there's a scene where Howard is flying through the, all the apartments and right. he's getting sucked into the tr- the transport beam and he flies through a woman's bathroom and it's it's a female duck with titties. What, what does it look like? Are they like mine? They look like they look like titties like i'm uh, just I'm like to find what out. Is, with feathers and yes somebody had to design that so it's feathers and then a nipple like hidden in there like a cat's nipples yes look at this he's just like i'm not fucking kidding <laughs> i'm trying to find I, I it i'm trying to find up. it i will drop this in the fucking chat Tiffany, if you have any feathers in your closet, maybe you could reenact. Such. I can it's a duck suit i wanted to do you know what i'm gonna do tender um darkwing duck that's <laughs> I love it. Do the, the hat, the cape, and lingerie, purple lingerie, and a duck suit. I can do this. <laughs> yep, those are duck tits, all right. You can do this. I love it. Well, I think this is. You know, Jesse can airbrush my body. Like, I've seen him. I've seen what he does. Like, and then we'll put the we'll just stick the feathers at me. You know? So we'll just... I think this is a good idea, Tiffany. While we take a classic <laughs> cut break. Why don't you try to find the feathers in your closet? We can try to reenact the scene for the for the show. Um, I think it's a good time to take a classic cut break. So you have fake boobs around here. So I thought, you know, um, it is uh, summertime, and uh, you know, although it is summertime, and then COVID is behind us, there's still a lot of sadness. Um, so I thought, why not my second favorite redhead? Because TMF is my first favorite redhead. With some Lana Del Rey, Summertime Sadness, one of my favorite songs by um, Lana Del Rey. And we will be back right after the classic cut. So let's take a little break. We'll be back right after the classic cut. Kiss me up before you go. Summertime Sadness. I just wanted you. So Tiffany, did you find the the feathers in your closet to reenact? I, I had ideas, but okay. I knew 
gonna take me longer than five minutes. Listen. But I had ideas. And <laughs> I know what fake boobs were. And I had this fluffy skirt that has a bunch of tassels, and I thought it was gonna be perfect, but I knew it was gonna take me time. I didn't have Pringles to make the beak. Thought that was perfect. And then purple hat. What can I say? I didn't have a purple hat. <laughs> what can you say about the purple hat? Well, that was summertime sadness, guys. I mean, you know, I think we're at the end of the sadness, right? This pandemic is almost over. Almost. Uh, don't, don't, don't be so sure about that. Don't okay. say that. <laughs> the panda, the half of the country, only half of the country has gotten the, the vaccination, and it doesn't only fifty percent. Yeah. We got some anti-vaxxers still, still out there. Even um, though we have the easiest access to the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Hey. What vaccination shop do you want? <laughs> I don't know. Take the one with whipped cream on the side and inside fries. Coca-Cola. There you, you go. Know, right. Yeah. At what point did we just let nature just take its course? I really think natural it's selection. The kid that eats oh. many marbles should not grow up to eat kids to have kids of his own. You know. See, see I, I I agree with that in spirit. Believe me, I agree with that. Like <laughs> just, uh, in spirit. But the one problem with that is if the virus remains unchecked with all these unvaccinated people, it is eventually going to mutate into something that our vaccine that that those of us that are vaccinated can't deal with. Well, Agreed. they're talking about the Delta variant. Yeah. Variants. Yeah. But it has been effective in some cases, but not in all. But uh, anyways, that is a different show for a different time. Let's move on to entertainment, guys. Yep. So let's go back to Netflix. So um, there's a horror thriller called Cursor, spelled C-U-R-S, greater than sign, R, um, <laughs> starring Aza Butterfield, Ayola Evans, and Eddie Marsden. So check that out on Netflix. It's a are dark sure twist. Not, are you sure it's not called Curse Greater Than R? Yeah, Curse Greater Than R, exactly. Um, <laughs> I don't know. That's how it's spelled, but... I don't know. Could it be? But it's basically a dark twist on an 80s gaming obsession. Um, okay. And a college dropout decides to play an obscure 1980s survival <laughs> computer game in pursuit of an unclaimed $125,000 prize. But the game curses her, and she's faced with dangerous choices and a reality-warping challenges. So, okay. so Jumanji. It's very yeah, Jumanji. It's Jumanji. It's, it sounds yes. like Jumanji. It does, right? Is Jumanji crossed with Ready Player One crossed with Paranormal Activity or something? <laughs> yeah. Or no, Candyman. Crossed with Candyman. There you go. The one best writer, uh, script writer, was crying into his beer and decided, hey, I don't have any ideas. I don't know what I'm going to create as my legacy in life. This movie sounds like a good idea. It does. <laughs> I like it. And I know that General knows about this comic book as the comic book expert on the show. <laughs> Boom Studios, something is killing the children. I know you know about. Yeah, that's a that's a great book. Oh my god. Oh wait, yeah. Jesse, you reacted very triumphantly. Yeah. I, I I have read the first arc. It's very good. Okay, yeah, so it's coming to Netflix. Good. It's coming yes. to Netflix. Genuinely good story. Yeah, there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of comics are being adapted for Netflix right now. Like Sweet Tooth came out not too long yes. ago. Yes. Near fan, this is near perfect. It's a near perfect show, and I know okay, the artist on that no, book. No, I haven't watched it yet. I've been waiting to hear, but that's that makes me. It's very good. It's very good. Yeah, I'll probably so watch. Sweet Tooth, Sweet Tooth is where because I haven't seen it yet either, and I only I only read a few of the arcs in the book, so I don't know it as well as apparently you do. 
Yeah. It wasn't a long series. It was only about like 30 to 40 issues. It wasn't long. It's on eight. Yeah. Yeah. And they did sort of they did sort of a new series recently, which takes place like I think it's like 500 years later or something like that. So it's a new mm-hmm. series of Sweet Tooth that's coming on right, okay. coming out right now. And you know, you know something. What was that? You know Jeff Lemire? Uh, I have met him. He's a nice guy. Oh, okay. I, I know the writer. Yeah, what were you saying, Jeff? Is is Al currently getting dressed as a duck with boobs because he's not on? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't you don't see me in the video? No. Oh, this I is interesting. You. I see you. I see you. Fun. Good boobs. But no. No. The hot. No. Who is the closet variation or closet cosplay of a duck with boobs? <laughs> <laughs> or a pornographic darkwing duck. But there is a YouTube link that Jesse sent to all of us in chat with uh, if you want to see the duck boobs. If you want to see duck boobs? There they are. <laughs> yeah. But you know I- going back. Going back to something that's killing the children, it's going to be by the makers of Haunting Hill House, Trevor Macy and Mike Flanagan, um, Towson University's own. Mike uh, Flanagan, former, yes. former Booyite. Yeah. That's right. It's former Booyite and Marylander, yes. Um, what do you know about something that's killing the children? Does, do, do either of you know the plot? Like, I'm not really familiar with the... Uh... Mike, you probably know more than me. I've only read the first arc. <clears throat> So it is basically about, um, well, it is, comic. yeah, it's a horror comic. It's horror. Yeah, where like a bunch of children are going missing in this small town. And, um, well, I don't want to spoil a lot of it. And You've read a little bit of it? I've read, I haven't read the entire run, but okay. I I've, actually found the arc. Um, so basically, the town is plagued by monsters, as you alluded to. Mm-hmm. Uh, with one teen survivor telling tales that no adult believes, and uh, the mysterious young woman named Erica Slaughter, yeah, uh, the woman sir uh, occasionally converses with her stuffed animal. Um, isn't there to mince words, but rather to mince monsters? Okay. Mm-hmm. So cool. It kind I of it. it kind of has a like you know I mean it's it's not like it's it's a lot more serious than but it has kind of a Buffy vibe to it a little bit. Yeah. Oh, cool! It's like Buffy uh, crossed with just, Law and Order a little bit. You just yeah. said the magic word for TMF. Buffy. Yep. There are three women I wanted to look like in unison growing up, and I wanted to I wanted to somehow look like all three at the same time: Black Widow, Sarah Michelle Gellar, yes. and Blue Book. <laughs> Felicity Smoke. I love Felicity. That's, love her. I just wanted it to be them if they had a threesome love child. That's it. Okay. <laughs> I think that's perfect. That sums it up. Uh, more Cavill news. So Witcher Season 2. Um, they just dropped it. I don't know if anybody... I, if you're I, I, I was complaining last week of like, where the fuck's the trailer for Season 2? Like, two days <laughs> later, there it drops. And there it is, guys. It yes. Is. I'm but excited. This was announced during the Witcher Nightmare of the Wolf. Yeah. Um, which is an animated spin-off, which mm-hmm. will drop on Netflix on August 23rd. The but prequel, season right? two, yes, prequel yeah. animated series. But season two uh, will debut or drop on December 17th. So just in time for your your uh, holiday shopping and unwind with some Witcher. Mm-hmm. Please, uh, please talking about the holidays right now. If I right? don't get any- Cards this year, all I'm gonna say is pandemic is still affecting. So Christmas in <laughs> July, yes. Um, <laughs> another show that's coming back is Outer Banks. Uh, season two trailer also dropped for that show. I haven't 
dropped. I haven't checked it out, but Tasha McFly um, endorses the show uh, a okay. lot. So right. it's like kind of like Dawson's Creek meets, um, you know, Sherlock Holmes, I guess. I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Something along those lines. Um, but if you're a fan of the series called Cursed, which is a fantasy series, uh, Reimagine King Arthur. Sadly, that that has been canceled after only one season. Uh, a lot of yeah. King Arthur stuff hasn't been doing very well. Like there was that movie yeah. that came out last year. Was it the kid that would be king? Remember that? Yeah, I don't know what. Yeah. Nobody saw it. No. It's actually good. It's actually why, really good. It's why? Why? Good why the, yeah. Why hasn't there been a successful King Arthur? Um, well, we've got uh, one coming up pretty soon. The Green Knight. Okay. I mean, that's okay, the Green Knight. The Green Knight. Yeah. Hopefully, let's not well. forget Guy Ritchie did made an attempt. Oh fuck that movie! <laughs> <laughs> Which is the beginning of a seven film arc. Sure it is. Yeah. <laughs> I say that because I was just telling, I was just saying today, um, and I don't know what actually triggered it, but I told someone these exact words. You know, Disney's doing all these shitty like live action remakes of movies, and half of them yeah. are even that great. But you know what I haven't seen in so long that would be a great remake? Sword in the Stone. Yep. That's what I remembered. I don't know. I heard yeah. a show that was on the TV today, and I'm like, it reminded me of The Wizard of in that one. I'm like, and I know that they've done Arthur movies and blah, blah, blah. But right. if they made a live action remake of The Sword in the Stone would be fantastic. I think it would do yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. Pitch the it, pro- pitch it, pitch problem it. Is, that's one of my favorite Disney movies, and if they fuck that one up, I will never yeah. forget. <laughs> oh well, and that's what makes it different than any any other Arthur movie or series. It was written differently. I really think that the, the the voices were great. I think that everything about that one for its time, especially, was unique. And then after that, it was anything they can recycle again. But I think that is a live action. If they they keep it true to the story, it would just be beautiful. Especially since we're in a time where people love things that are wizard related, Harry Potter. Yeah. Things. You keep it just as animated in spirit with the, you know, the, the magic and the side of, or sorry, not the side effects, but um, words, but the special effects and such. But you turn that into a live action, serious movie, and that I think would just do so well right now. Right. Uh, um, actually, Tiff, I think your I, wish was answered in 2015. Nah, what? <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. Apparently, there was one, a live-action remake directed by Juan Carlos Fresnadilla. Of Disney. Disney would have to do this one. They need to put half the money This was a non... This was non... Oh, it's still pre-production. Yeah, so it is in development. But I'm saying that Disney needs to do the live-action of it and put half the money they put into the crappy remakes into that movie. Yeah. 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 Hopefully that will be the case. Yeah. We shall uh, see. I will have the help that 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 Guy Ritchie movie really didn't do them any favors. No, <laughs> it no, was it really bad. <laughs> it was. That Wait, was like that okay. was a pure example of studio meddling 101. It was it's supposed a, to be a three-hour movie, got cut down to two. Like you're missing an hour of footage. So you're mm. right. Okay, so this says that the Sword in the Stone live action or Sword in the Stone live action film is an upcoming live action musical remake of the 1963 animated film of the same name yep. based on a book by T.H. White. Game of but Thrones. is it Disney? Okay. But we don't know Disney. if it's Disney. Yet. It is. It is well, Disney. All of this, all the King Arthur mythos stories, they're all open IP. They're all public domain. So they, yeah. any, any, any company can do it on their own. Taylor as the producer. Ah, yeah. Okay. But Good to know. It was confirmed that the film will not be released in theaters, but on Disney Plus. 
There yeah. you go. Filming started September 24th, 2018. There you go. You didn't have to wish it, Tiffany. It's already coming to fruition. <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, let's see. We got some other things on Netflix. So... Uh, the Higher Ground, Obama's um, production company, as you know, um, Barack and Michelle Obama are now film producers, TV producers for Netflix. Uh, they're doing a six-part anthology called Blackout, which uh, tells six different stories of black teenagers who find love during a power, power outage in New York City. Okay, so that's interesting. Um, also, Is it making... the 1970s Blackout of New York City? <laughs> Is it? I don't know. The summer about of that. Sam. Is it that the summer, the 1977 blackout? Good question. I'm not sure. It didn't allude to whether it was or not. Could could be the case, right? I mean, did you know that Mary, uh, Meghan Markle, and Prince Harry are now trying to produce content for next Netflix as well? Um, Lots of big name people. Yeah, they just want to produce stuff, right? One of um. They got nothing else to do with all their fucking well, money. Megan, Megan and Harry are doing something called Pearl, which is an animated uh, series. Um, coming of age story of a girl named Pearl who's inspired by influential woman in history. Um, Alrighty then. Well, that's what that is. <laughs> um, and <laughs> last but not least, Paris Hilton has a show on Netflix called Cooking with Paris. Um, she could use her catchphrase, that's hot, when stirring up her latest dish. She sure can. Um, <laughs> clearly no Paris Hilton fan. I am not the audience, so I won't be watching. <laughs> <laughs> no, I see um, Tiffany's just shaking her head. Look, nope. nope. She, was, she was once the hot commodity in Hollywood, but she's certainly yeah. taking a back seat. I, I mean, I guess. I don't think <laughs> ever considered her a commodity. I think that they were like, yeah, you just carry your parents' name. We got it. Oh, you're trying to do things like porn. We get it. That's not surprising. <laughs> yeah. What she <laughs> said. She went to bed at one point. That was the biggest exposure of her life, and she's still done nothing else since. So. Yeah. That's a good point. Well, she's got a show on Netflix, cooking show. So that's she tried to be an actress for a second. <laughs> the actress thing. With she the did a horror movie. She had a fucking spear thrown through her head or something and it was hysterical oh yeah, yeah. the house of wax right right is that was called yeah that yeah that, 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 was. that uh, was a crazy film that was crazy yeah the movie she, sucks so bad she got killed so good in it though yeah oh yeah what's the original what's the 1960s version with vincent price it's much better oh, sure much better. <laughs> so much better uh moving on to hbo max the titan season three trailer just dropped um i know general knows about hawk and dove because i saw the trailer pretty cool um uh i tried to jump into that show in, in season yeah. one and i Is it just any good? i bailed in i bailed after Is it episode that bad? Two. I was like, fuck this this is I mean, garbage the bad, i love huh? starfire the character it then. oh i bailed after episode two i was like the only thing i like in it is the guy that plays um hawk uh i can't remember the actor's name but yeah, he's playing uh, yeah. that actor who's playing Hawk is playing Jack Reacher in the new Jack Reacher TV show for Amazon. Oh, right. Okay. I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the Lee Child Jack Reacher novels, and he looks exactly like Jack Reacher. Like oh, good. Okay. his physical size, his hair, like the shape of his face. Like that's Jack Reacher. Good cast. It's not Tom Cruise. It's him. Yeah. <laughs> that guy. That's him. He's six foot five, 220 pounds right. of lean muscle mass. Yeah, that's him. That's that him. The trailer also um, caught a glimpse of Jonathan Crane, a.k.a. Scarecrow. 
which mm-hmm. is the voice of Vincent Carthizer. So you get to see um, a Scarecrow in the upcoming season, as well as Savannah Welch's Barbara Gordon. So, mm. um, yeah, she no. or is she already paralyzed? Good question. I'm sure we'll find out. Yeah, what's well, a first look? Well, so maybe it's pre-paralyzation. I don't know. Oh, I've heard man. that season two retcons everything out of season one, so I've been told just jump to season two and just fuck everything else. That's what I've wow. been told. Wow. Okay. All right. I wonder I just, if the budget got bigger for season two or something. Well, at the, at the time it was still DC Universe Online. It wasn't HBO uh, Max. That's what so it was. they were bleeding, they were bleeding money. They only had like three shows. They had Doom Patrol titans and then eventually mm-hmm. they had swamp thing and they had the Harley yeah. show yeah that was all they had <laughs> like and then they said fuck well, this and then they made hbo max and then mm-hmm. the shows were doing better as yeah. nick you got me into harley quinn nick and i'm and it's amazing yeah. i think this is the way to go put it on hbo max because it, it can cover more um you know mature themes you know that yeah. we saw yeah. in like the netflix show for marvel yeah. um because the cw you can only do so much on cw network you know yeah. what i mean I mean, I, I've since tapped out of the Arrowverse. I'm, I'm just kind of done. I'm not. I don't hate the shows or anything like that. It's just like I don't have the time. Yeah. I don't have time to sit down and watch 26 episodes of a show. It's too I don't much. Have... Yeah, least it's, I, I much... haven't watched Arrowverse in, in years. Yeah, it's just too yeah. much. Too much programming. But at least the the stuff on HBO Max is a lot shorter seasons, right? It's not. Yeah, as many because yeah. it's it's more quality over quantity because if you look at like like arrow for example the episode yes. season numbers were like what 26 episodes Too much. how many of those episodes actually moved the plot forward <laughs> what 10 yeah yeah and they have to do that only the first season that's why <laughs> yeah used to do this thing joss whedon's known for filler episodes at dollhouse too you're like hey okay this has nothing to do i get it there's a new demon they don't they don't everyone's whispering or no one has a voice right right the last episode though okay yeah, yeah. No, so I mean, it's, it's that push and pull of people want to have the one-off episodes so that way you can just kind of jump in and just enjoy it like i remember when battlestar galactica was on tv and they were still trying to do like a lot of one-off episodes like you can just jump in here and then just get into it right away but then you also have this main through line of the story. We got to push to this big climax at the end of the season. And right. one-off episodes don't work for that show. And by the end of season three, they were kind of like the studio of Sci-Fi Channel before they had their big changeover. They were like, we get it. And then all of season four is serialized. You can't jump in. You have to watch all of season one through three, then go to season four. You cannot jump in in season four. You have to watch yeah. all of it. Right. But just don't um, watch the last episode because the last episode sucks. <laughs> that we'll ending that is terrible. We'll keep that oh. in mind. So apparently <laughs> HBO Max's Gossip Girl debuted last Thursday. The most watched new series on HBO Max since since they launched last May. Wow. So very popular. I wasn't really the targeted demographic, so I... Yeah, I'm not the demographic. For that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Another Gossip Girl now? Yeah, it's a reboot of Gossip Girl, the one that you knew and love on CW. I which Blake, or Blake Lively, but not Gossip Girl. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yep, so uh, check it out if you want to check that out. Um, there's also a sci-fi <laughs> rom-com. That's kind of cool. Two genres joining forces, sci-fi rom-com. Uh, it's called Moonshot. It's going to star Zach Braff. <laughs> you might know from Scrubs. Okay. Being... Yeah, being made for HBO Max. 
Also, Cole Sprouse, Lana Condor, Mason Gooding, Emily Rudd, and Lucas Gage are also in um, on deck for this as well. Um, right. Yeah, something worth uh, checking out. And wow, this is huge. I know um, that are uh, huge for the show, um, Search Party, but they got a huge actor joining season five of Search Party, Jeff Goldblum. Um, nice. which, I'm, which is pretty surprising considering it's the fifth season in the show that's got its fans, but it's not like the most popular show. It's not. I bet you Jeff Goldblum's a fan, and he's like, "Hey, I'm Jeff Goldblum. You want me on my show?" And they're like, "Sure." Yeah. You think it was that easy to get him on there? I bet yeah, it he's was. He's Jeff Goldblum. He can get anything he wants. He probably yeah. just casually walked on set and was like, "What's going on here?" Okay, I'll do this. I'll do this, right? <laughs> Well, he's reached that point in his career where he's so comfortable doing whatever he wants that they people yeah. just give him whatever he wants. Yeah. Actually, Nick, you're right. He is a fan. He said, Search Party is such a brilliant show. What a thrill and privilege it is to get a, uh, get to be a part of it. I respect and adore everyone involved in this magical entertainment. So you're right. Okay. He is a, a, a big fan of the show. So. What a nerd. <laughs> right, exactly. Why uh, he has pa- not earned an Oscar yet, I really don't know. Like, Some people are God, just so good. too unique to to you know be tied down, man. Yeah, General, I know you're a big Search Party fan. Uh, Jeff Goldblum is joining the cast for season five. That's fantastic. That's a big name for that little show, right? Well, I mean, Susan Sarandon was in. Um, That's fair. Yeah, Susan Sarandon season, and uh, she's also a big nerd. She, yeah. She, I mean, she finds herself on all sorts of weird shows. I mean, for fuck's sake, she was on Rick and Morty. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. He's also she's also in this movie called. Um, uh, oh, I forgot what it's called, but it's like kind of an unofficial sequel to The Big Lebowski, or maybe a prequel. Oh, Jesus rolls. The Jesus Rolls, yeah. Fuck that okay. movie. That movie. But that movie's sucks. terrible. It's awful. But <laughs> oh, it's bad. Yeah, I would never recommend that to people. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it, doesn't, it doesn't help that when you learn, like the main character, the Jesus character from Big Lebowski, they say, "Oh, he's a sex offender." That's your main character. He's a sex offender. Oh, well, okay. that's it, a problem, guys. Really, in that movie, they, they try to rehabilitate the Jesus, but they reveal, like, what actually happened that got him on the sex offender registry. And yeah. it shows they, they, they tried to make him not as bad a guy. Christopher Walken in that movie, too, which is really weird. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> wow. Over on Amazon Prime, the Tomorrow War will continue, guys. Apparently, they, are, they have eyes on a sequel. Um, I have I not to... seen that movie yet. I, I got saw part it. Of it. I was entertained by it. Yeah. It doesn't need a fucking sequel. No, I don't think so. It, it, they tied it up in a wonderful little bow. It. Movies uh, about time travel should be wrapped up in one movie. Exactly. Yeah. Unless <laughs> Back to the Future, right? Unless it's Back okay. to the Future. That Back is... to the Future is an exception because even then the sequels cause even more paradoxes with the original film. Right. <laughs> also and on Amazon. There's a comedy called People We Hate at the Wedding. Because as you know, when you organize a wedding, sometimes you have to invite people that you don't like. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Unless it's a real small one, then it's everyone you love. Or just people that don't like each other. 
no, but anyways, no. it's Kristen <laughs> Bell, Allison Janney, and Ben Platt. Um, a comedy film. Um, based on a novel, of course. Something that ridiculous should be based on a novel, right? Mm. Um, and looks like the Amazon Tiger King series that starred Nicolas Cage will be scrapped. They figured, what the hell, there's already another one with Kate McKinnon. Um, why are they going to do a second series? It's just overkill. Yeah. I think one scripted series is more than enough. We don't need a second one by Amazon Prime. So they decided to completely scrap that, which was a good idea. I mean, <laughs> yeah, believe it, that it's so yesterday. You know, the Tiger King is going to bomb because Tiger King, you know, that already saw its uh, its time in the sun. Exactly. Like, if that hadn't come out during the time of the pandemic in 2020, people probably wouldn't have given it as much attention. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It was that and Queen's Gambit. That's the big pandemic shows yeah. of 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So I won't be turning tuning in. That's for sure. Um, you need more Nicolas Cage. Watch the movie Pig. Yeah. Oh, really good yeah. reviews. That Pig is, is basically got a, yeah, that's a good it's, one. It's John Wick Cage. on a farm. <laughs> Okay. I get what, what's that. the one that Nick Cage is in a fun house? Oh, uh, uh, Wally's Wonderland. Wally's Willy's Wonderland. Wonderland. I heard it's, that it's, was a it's good one. Their version. It's a Five Nights film, at Freddy's. Lo- yeah, it's it's a loose adaptation oh, adaptation okay. of Five Nights at Freddy's, but it's really bad. I just appreciate how fast and loose Nicolas Cage is playing it these days. I mean, good for him. Well, he has to because he has to pay off his fucking back taxes. So it's like oh, any job, okay. he still yeah. owes to the IRS. He's, He's got to pay under... his Tyrannosaurus Rex fossil. Yeah. <laughs> He'll be paying off those debts for a long time. Oh, oh man. Recommendation to everybody, don't buy an island. <laughs> <laughs> you don't realize how many taxes you owe. What about Jeffrey Epstein's Lolita right. Island? I'm sure that. Uh... Oh fuck! Move on, Al. God damn it! <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a that's a bad, that's an example of a reason why you shouldn't buy one. All right. Anyway. <laughs> I get. I get. All well, right. Well, you should, depending on when you knew Jeffrey Epstein. Right. Oh. Apple TV has a. I'm sorry. That was a love Upcoming. Yeah. An upcoming series starring jo- jo- uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Look. Ended by that because I was a minor at some point. Okay, just... uh, called, <laughs> the show's called Mr. Corman, and um, it uh, stars Gordon Levitt as an artist at heart, but not by trade. He, you know, planned for a career in music, but ended up being a music teacher at a public school. Oh. So, um, yeah, okay. we'll have to see how that goes. Doesn't sound exciting on paper, mm-hmm. but uh, might be a more exciting series when we watch it. <laughs> Uh, let's okay. see, over on Showtime, uh, they're doing the First Lady series we talked about on the show before, but Kiefer Sutherland just attached to that show as Franklin D. Roosevelt. Okie dokie. Um, that's kind of a big name. Interesting. Hmm. Also on hmm. Showtime, Vanessa Bayer and Molly Shannon have a comedy uh, for um, for Showtime, which is called I Love This For You. Okay. Um, Vanessa Bear has. Um, have you guys ever seen that show? I think you should leave. It's like a. Yes. Show. <laughs> yeah. No. On, um, I think you should Netflix. leave. Now. Yeah. The, okay. Vanessa Vanessa Bear has one of the funniest sketches I've seen in TV on that show, where she's like, she and her girlfriends are out for brunch, and she wants to post on Instagram. Yeah. 
and um <laughs> jesse i can tell you love that shit. <laughs> it, it, it took a while for it to grow yeah. on me because the first yeah. couple of us the first couple sketches are kind of like eh, it's not really for me yeah but um after a certain point it, it, it clicks like yeah I, I think it was in season it's in season one i think the guy that drives it that's stealing the all the stuff dog. from the the convenience the um the, the clothing store the and he's slowly dog. walking out taking more and more clothes <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, this show is actually based on her on Vanessa Bayer's own story of overcoming childhood leukemia. I don't know if you knew that. Oh wow, that got a, that got a lot more serious fast. Yeah, but it's a comedy, so it's taking a serious matter, turning yeah. it into a comedy series. Check that out on Showtime. Um, let's see. Also on Showtime, uh, Jennifer Carpenter will be returning for Dexter's revival. Which mm-hmm. is interesting because she got killed off in the 2013 series finale. Yeah, she did. Prequels, it prequels uh, flashbacks. They flashbacks. did that with. Um, they did that with uh, El Camino, the uh, the Breaking Bad addendum storyline where they had. Um, what's her name? Right. Jessica Jones. Oh, what's her name? Oh. Um, oh, Kristen. You know who I'm Kristen talking about. Ritter. Kristen Ritter. Kristen, Kristen Ritter. Ritter. She she comes back for a few scenes um, okay. that are set during season two uh, before she died in the show. Um, you know, I think that she was filming that while she was pregnant, so they only show her from like the chest up. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, yeah they're probably gonna do that. So. All right. All right. Over on FX, the first trailer for Ryan Murphy's new horror anthology, American Horror Stories, just dropped. We talked about the cast last week. Twenty-four cast members. Trailer looks pretty dope. And um, I think General, you might know uh, this comic book is very underground called Faust. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I, oh my God! Are they doing a new Faust? <laughs> you, you know about the Faust? Okay. I have so, seen the original movie. Okay, so it's they're doing awful. A, yeah. Oh, they, no, they made a movie for it. This will be this will be animated, and it will be for adults, I guess, because Faust was all about uh, graphic violence and graphic sex. Yeah, uh, it was one of those it. comic books that you didn't want mom and dad to find that you had. Um, but apparently went 15 issues from 87 to 2012. That's crazy. So Uh, so it had like an early hit and then it kind of took a break and then resumed. That's kind of wild. We all had books. I think mine was Beastmaster and Conan. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't understand the plot of, but at the time it was cool. So I stole them from my brother. (laughs) Well, Faust, like the plot of it is literally the same plot as Spawn. Mm. It's, this, it's literally okay. the same plot as Spawn. It's the same exact thing, and it, it came out five years prior to Spawn, Spawn. So everyone thinks that um, it was ripped off by Todd McFarlane. Ah, interesting. There you go. Got interesting. The in yeah. Which we are getting a Spawn movie that they've been Tom talking McFarlane, about that for ten years. Todd McFarlane insisted that it would be rated R, so. And finally, let's talk about the Emmys. The nominations were just dropped, guys. HBO Max and HBO leads in 130 total nominations. It was a great thing for geek uh, genre stuff because that got some awards as The Mandalorian and WandaVision was also nominated. So this was a big surprise. The drama series nominees includes The Boys. I'm just like, holy f- I can't <laughs> yes. believe <laughs> the Boys is nominated for Best Drama Series, along with Bridgerton, The Crown, Handmaid's Tale, Lovecraft Country, 
Pose, This Is Us, and last but not least, The Mandalorian! Yes, the boys of The Mandalorian! I can see The Mandalorian winning, but I don't think it deserves it. Um, Right, right. The Mandalorian winning for Best Drama? Best Drama Series? But you see, like, 24 nominations. I don't think it deserves it at all. I well, you could, it, you could, it was a good it, second season, but it wasn't great. Best drama definitely, in my opinion, needs to go to Handmaid's Tale. I agree. Yawn. Yawn. But it came down to it. Handmaid's Tale need, deserves it just as much as Mandalorian does. Fuck. I mean, I love Mandalorian, but. It had so many emotions to it. And also, the, the yeah. whole alone had more of a horror vibe to it in itself it got as dark and gritty and uncomfortable as you could possibly go and yeah. then stuff huh. on tv i i really think that that actress as well i'm glad that they put her in uh oh goodness invisible man um oh um, it's elizabeth fun. moss elizabeth, elizabeth moss. moss yes run her off into more horror because she just has the face for it she's not a beautiful woman but she's that woman that you right. want because she looks in most roles the perfect, unique persona. I mean, she has the image. Like Maggie Gyllenhaal, yeah, they're not, yeah. And completely transform her and change her in different methods and moods, too, depending on the character. So that's what she has to her, and she just brings something so compelling to the screen because you can transform her. I just mm. think that they went really dark with that series in such a, a needed way that it deserves Well, it. she is nominated, Tiffany, <laughs> along, along with Uzo Aduba for Entreatment. Uh, Emma Corrin and Olivia Coleman for The Crown, um, Journey Smaller for Lovecraft Country, and the first trans actress to be nominated for lead actress is MJ Rodriguez for Pose. So hmm. <clears throat> Emmy's making history for the drama series. Call me in I'm, still, <laughs> I'm still bummed that Jamie Clayton never got nominated for Best Actress for Sense 8. Since A got nothing when it was when Since it was on TV. A, yeah, no, definitely overlooked for sure. That, that show has been forgotten to everybody. And I'm like, guys, this is one of the best things that was ever on Netflix. Why the fuck did you not watch it? <laughs> Come on, guys. I don't think a lot of people know how good it is. I guess I, you know, it I mean, was really good, but it was an investment. It was you yeah. really had to sit and invest your time in it. Exactly. Even though it's only two seasons in a movie, so you know. Essentially, but they wrapped it all up in the movie, right? Uh, it leaves it open for more, but they're probably never coming back to it because it just costs too much. Exactly. Was, they were blowing like I think it was like twenty million per episode, something like that. It was like really? you can't spend that for TV. You cannot oh. spend that on TV. It's too much. Even Ma- Mandalorian can do it because it's Disney money, but mm-hmm. Netflix is like, no, we don't do that. <laughs> okay. Uh, lead actor in a drama series: Sterling K. Brown. This is us. Jonathan Majors, who is King the Conqueror. Lovecraft there you Country. Go. Josh O'Connor, The Crown, Billy Porter, Pose, Roger Jean Page, Bridgerton, and Matthew Reese for Perry Mason. Somebody should remove the together mode because. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hey, I got you back. That's all I was trying to do was get you back, and now I see you in together mode. Let's see if this works. Not on to, and I actually see you. Let's see. Speaker view. Speaker no. view, grid view, or large group, but not together mode. You suck, Skype. Grid view. All right, I can't see. Am I the only one you can't see, Tiff? Wait, now I can. Yay! Okay, good. Right on. (laughs) All right, so this is a this is a fun one. The uh, comedy series nomination, a very surprising one here. 
let's announce the ones that we're not surprised about, which includes the Kaminsky Method, Ted Lasso, Blackish, Hacks, Pen15, uh, Emily in Paris, but Cobra Kai. Can you believe Cobra Kai nominated for Best uh. Comedy Series at the Emmys? And it would not have happened if they didn't move to Netflix, of course. Netflix yeah. is the best thing that's ever happened. Um, let's be honest, guys. I mean, for real. Um, it's cool. They're not going to win, but that's cool. Yeah, yeah. and th- none of the actors or actresses in Cobra Kai were nominated for Best Lead no. Actor, Lead Actress. That's, I think that's the only nomination they got, wasn't it? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. They're not going to win, but it's good to get recognized, that's for yeah. sure. They go to the parties and all that good stuff. But uh, It's a show that's better than it deserves to be. It's right. Good. <laughs> that lead a act- great description of it, actually. Yeah. Yep. Uh, lead actor nominees include Anthony Anderson for Blackish, Michael Douglas, <clears throat> Kaminsky Method, William H. Macy, Shameless, Jason Sudeikis, Ted Lasso, and Keenan Thompson for Keenan. Alrighty. I didn't even know Keenan Thompson had a show. <laughs> I know. Keenan, which is right after Young Rock on NBC. Uh, lead actress in a comedy series, A.D. Bryant, Shrill, Kaylee Cuoco, Flight Attendant. Allison, Janney, Mom, Tracy Ellis Ross, Blackest, Gene Smart, Hacks, we mentioned Gene earlier, um, lead actress in a comedy series. And the limited uh, series, it's it's either going to go down, in my opinion, to Mayor of Easttown or Queen's Gambit. Um, in my Queen's opinion, Gambit. Queen's Gambit. It's, yeah. But the, the streaming nominees, numbers on that were so high that it's just like, that's the one everybody watched. Yeah, and it was good. It was, I know Tiffany, you're a fan of uh, Queen's Gambit, right? It's fantastic. Fantastic. Underground Railroad also nominated. I May Destroy You on HBO uh, nominated. Um, but one surprising entry is WandaVision. Can you believe WandaVision nominated for limited series? That is incredible. Incredible. Is this the first nomination that Disney's ever gotten for one of their Marvel shows? Like besides so. like technical awards? Um Mandalorian last year. Yeah. But they're they're Marvel shows, I mean. Oh Marvel or, shows. Like any anything oh, Mar- Marvel related Marvel for like specifically? Yeah. This, well, this is the mean, first are, you, are you only including are you just talking about TV? Well, this is well awesome. I, I I'm referring to like Anything that's like not technically related, like not technically like special effects or sound or music or anything. Uh, Black Panther was nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, that's right. That's right. At the Oscars. That's right. That's a good one. Yeah. Um. So Anya Taylor Joy, Kate Winslet, Elizabeth Olsen for WandaVision, Cynthia Revo, and Michaela Cole are all nominated for Best Actress in a Limited Series or Movie. So um, and Paul Bettany. Vision himself nominated for limited series uh, best actor, along with Ian McGregor for Halston, Hugh Grant for The Undoing, Lin Manuel Miranda for Hamilton, and Leslie Odom Jr. for Hamilton. So, um, pretty exciting. Um, a couple, couple one, a couple other ones. Uh, we don't have to read all of them, but uh, Giancarlo Esposito nominated for The Mandalorian for mm-hmm. supporting actor. In a drama series, which I think would be awesome if he wins. But uh, I mean, that I guy s- is such a good actor. He's been around since like the the eighties. Yeah, he's just really good. He at was in a Spike Lee's, time career. He was in Spike Lee's "Do the Right Thing." 
Exactly. He was he was career. the uh, the guy that was going into the pizzeria saying like we need to have some like you know some uh, black athletes on that wall, like in, in somebody wall. else's pizza, and yeah. like he does not look anything like he does now. And I'm yeah. like, holy shit, that's the same guy. Holy he was shit. in he was in Baltimore for a while because he was on the show Homicide. For yeah, like, he was on Homicide. Yeah. he lived in Baltimore yeah. for about like five years. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Very good. And some Handmaid's right. Tales actors uh, nominated. Includes Bradley Whitford, uh, Max Minghella, and O.T. Fagbendel. Jesus, oh, have... he was in he was in Black Widow. O.T. Fagbendel. Okay, well, that's right. He was. He was the the um the guy that gets with the Quinjet. What's yeah, yeah, yeah. So three actors from Handmaid's Tale: Chris Sullivan from This Is Us, Tobias Menzies from The Crown, John Lithgow from Perry Mason, and Michael K. Williams. Lovecraft Country, um, supporting actors. I am bummed Lovecraft Country got canceled. Yeah, that's crazy. I, I think I mean, they're going to change I course. I understand. I get it. Like, the show is kind of a mess. It, it really couldn't decide on a direction of where they wanted to go with it because it's... Now, why would that be the... Why, why did it get canceled if it's getting all this Emmy love? Well, there was low viewership. That's one. <laughs> that's okay. That's a problem. Like, no one's okay. watching. Right. Low viewership and the show itself couldn't decide a direction. Like, is it Lovecraft or is it about America in the 60s? Which one is it? Like, it, it couldn't decide what it wanted to be. And so I get it why it's gone. But that said, it, there's so much well, there, there's material said. there. There's something you know? said about that because a lot of it has to do with racism. And H.P. Yeah. Lovecraft. He was a racist. For most of his life, he was a racist. Horrible, horrible racist. I see. Look up the name of the cat in Rats in the Walls. Oh, that'll be a surprise for you. Yeah. And supporting actors in a drama series, Handmaid's Tale, um, Tiffany, has been nominated a bunch. Madeline Brewer. (laughs) You just died. Yvonne Strafowski. Samira Wiley. (laughs) Madeline Brewer. And Dowd. My gosh, that's that's four actresses from Handmaid's Tale. Just telling you for this nominated in this group that don't think that it'll win. Mm, the numbers very well could win. I just don't care. It's pretty much the crown and Handmaid's Tale as far as best actors in this yeah. category. So Emerald Fennel, Helena Bottom Carter, and Jillian Anderson all nominated um, for the crown, also in supporting actress in the drama series. The only actress. From not the crown or Handmaid's Tale is Anjane Ellis from Lovecraft Country. She's the only actress. Everyone else is the crown or Handmaid's Tale. The Winter Soldier nabbed five nominations. <laughs> and probably special effects. Oh, right? yeah. Did you see that Don Cheadle got nominated for Best Supporting Actor? Yeah, he's in the show for two minutes. He was like, I don't know why. <laughs> Wait, in the Oscars? He literally said, no, I don't Emmys. get it. For, like, what did I do? Sorry, for I'm the in Emmys. one episode. Wait a minute, for Emmys in what category? He's it, Don Cheadle got nominated, I think, for for actor in in uh, in an episode. It must I think. be guest actor. Yeah, it's yes. gonna be guest actor. He was kind of like, I don't get it. I had like five yeah. lines. <laughs> guest actor in a drama series nomination. Ah, yeah, uh, yeah, but guest actor in a drama series. Okay, got it. He's yeah. barely in the first episode. That's the get. That's what guest actors are for. They're I know, but like episodes. he has like yeah. what two scenes and he's gone. Like, come on, man. <laughs> hey, uh, more power to I mean, more power to the Disney Plus and the MCU for for getting their shows in Emmy contention. I mean, that's kind of a big deal. Here's oh yeah, you're right. 
uh, Don Cheadle for Falcon Winter Soldier, and also Timothy Oliphant for The Mandalorian. He was yeah. great as as the oh, lead, yeah. leader of he that community. But he was great in that episode. That was a very memorable first episode. Yeah, Guest actor in a drama series. Charles Dance in The Crown. Carl Weathers in The Mandalorian. And Courtney B. Vance in Lovecraft Country. Um, also recognized for production design, casting, costumes, directing, editing, period hairstyling, main title design, period makeup, main title theme music, music supervision, sound editing, <laughs> and writing. Yep. I think that's everything, guys. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I think we did it. Yeah. And effects. <laughs> <laughs> and even the, the Handmaid's Tale has Alexis Bledel and McKenna Grace as guest actress in the series, along with yeah. Claire Foy, Sophie Okanito for The Ratchet, and controversial um, nominee is Felicia Rashad, based on what she said about defending Bill Cosby, which is kind of getting yeah. a lot of heat. But she's nominated for guest uh, appearance in This Is Us. Yeah. Gotcha. Speaking so. of Alexis, Bl- Alexis Bl- Bledel, uh, this yeah. season, the, uh, the episode of Handmaid's Tale where um, she's given the forced hysterectomy, Oh. That Jesus fucking Christ! Ooh. That Basically, episode is just like you want to feel what it feels like to get kicked in the dick. That that's the one. That's what Jesus. Yelena Belova was uh, alluding to, right? That's direct to me. Yeah, that's insane. Ooh. And um, I'm rooting for Dave Chappelle, Saturday Night Live guest actor in a comedy series. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did, All uh, Saturday Night Live for this category. Did American Gods get nothing? American it, Gods snubbed. Wow. Last nothing. season, I guess they just said, fuck that show. Yeah. <laughs> it started nothing. out so good, too. I just don't nothing. think people got it. A lot of it, no matter how many times you watched the episodes or tried to go back, it kind of felt choppy, like it didn't connect entirely. Yeah. So it was just the transitioning um, per episode. I don't think it added up, but I don't think people stuck with it. I think that's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. It's a difficult book to adapt. Yeah. A lot of Neil Gaiman stuff feels like stream of consciousness stuff. It doesn't feel like it's mm. meant to be adapted in many ways. A lot of his stuff, when they try to adapt it, it's like... But, you know. but yeah, it's, that was also shorter to in comparison, much shorter. So I think that was easier to put into a... A script, but uh, I mean, American Gods, I already knew. And he was so meticulous. I lived out in L.A. at the time. And my ex, his father, knew him personally. And we were talking about American Gods. Oh, okay. He refused to separate with creative rights at the time. That's why he didn't sell it the first time. And it, and it took this long to produce. Is he refused right. to let creative rights. So they finally, you know. He said the he, same thing for Sandman, too. But I think him staying involved in his own show as much. Kind yes. of what. I think it was his. his, his yeah, I think That's it was his baby. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, yeah, there's a lot of snubs that people are talking about. Um, includes so the Falcon Winter Soldier itself was kind of like the show that was snubbed from like the drama category and the lead actors, although Don Cheadle get nomin- got nominated. I can kind uh, of understand that because Falcon Winter Soldier at this point I'd say is probably the worst of all the Marvel shows. Thank you. I agree with that too. Yeah, it it's it's got like it's got like it three good episodes and three kind of like eh episodes. It didn't have me on the edge of my seat wanting to see the next episode. You know, I, I will say that, the big know. positive I have for the ending of Loki. Thank God it's not another CGI Bukaki fight scene that ends this that ends the season. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm very thankful that it is not like 
blown out CGI fighting. Yeah. It's just, it just ends where it's supposed to end. And proper character development of the... the, I don't need to see another story about punching the bad guy harder. I don't need that. I'm tired of it. Black Widow. (laughs) (laughs) all all the movies kind of follow the same trends they all kind of follow the same formula because they've even the actual format for the producing of the movies is that before they've even cast anybody in the film or they've even put the director in the director's chair they're actually building the action scenes Mm -hmm. the action scenes are put in place before the script is even done like this we want to have a skydiving sequence where shit's falling through the sky and right. people are like fighting in midair. That was written and made as a previous sequence before the script was done for Black Widow. That was done in 2017. Mm, no wonder it took so damn long. That's why, about. because these movies are built to the action scenes rather than the shows that are built to the character moments. Yeah. So like the problem is that the movies they're they're like built to this action scene. And when people say like, oh well, it feels like there's not enough character development. Well, of course they're not. They're not built for character development. Right. They're built for the action scenes. <laughs> they're literally built for the action scenes. Um, so, yeah. General or Jess, do you know about the United States of Captain America comic book series? Um, are you familiar with it? So there's a uh, Dean Kane made news because he basically. Um, put the comic book on blast. He said, I love the concept of Captain America, but I'm so tired of this wokeness and anti-Americanism. In my opinion, America is the greatest... He's the original Superman, though, isn't he? Um, America is the greatest country in the world. It's it's not perfect. We are constantly striving for a more perfect union, but I believe... uh, calls the country she she's the most fair equitable country ever anyone's ever seen that's why people no. are clamoring to get here from all over the globe oh. the very the very best captain america stories are the ones where so what what doesn't he like about this captain america uh, well he, he probably has an issue because one of the character one of the because the whole idea behind this and there's only been one issue that's come out so far but okay. um, the uh, the first issue of this United States of Captain America has. Um, um, Cap- oh, he hasn't read the comic, by the way. He admitted oh, yeah. he, he just he just heard about it. <laughs> but it's the first issue has Cap and Sam um, chasing some kind of um, some kind of Captain America like doppelganger or something who uh, stole uh, stole the shield. And they come across um, this guy who um, who's like, I guess, you know, it's kind of like a uh, like a homeless guy who on the um, on these like railways, like almost like a hobo who's um, who's taken up Captain America, like the uh, the likeness of Captain America to help a lot of like other homeless teenagers. And he happens to be gay and they make a big deal of the fact that he's and uh that could be it yeah and if that's it then you know fuck him i mean it's like uh that first I of mean, all when was the last time dean kane was relevant for anything though yeah, yeah. he's been yeah. out of the hollywood it's, spotlight for a while he, he shoots been like 20 years since he shoots yeah. conservative type but, of stuff but but a lot of what a lot of conservatives don't understand about captain america and any mm-hmm. actually any like patriotic superhero is right. usually the best things about those stories for those characters is where they have to keep their principles and keep, um, keep 
you know, the the um, the ideals, like the patriotic ideals of America, and especially when they don't jibe with what's really going on in America. Yeah. And that's uh, that's where that heroic struggle comes from and them overcoming that. That's what makes a satisfying, like patriotic superhero story. Yeah. No, no, no jingoism, no bullshit about like, you know, America always being right, because guess what? It usually isn't. It. Or, <laughs> it's like, meant to be the mirror of which, which we hold yeah. up in the country. Like he's yeah. a reflection of the average person. Like he was just an average guy that got powers. Yeah. You know, there's there's a um there's a comics writer uh, named Josh Dysart that I I talk with a lot. Um, he wrote a Captain America storyline that was uh not it wasn't finished because they canceled the series in order to focus more upon stuff for uh their movie franchises so they didn't want to do this storyline basically it was a reworking of the origin where instead of him getting broken out of the ice in modern day he'd be broken out in the 1960s and so it would be but at the, at the time they'd also because he had disappeared in world war ii they'd also created the u.s agent at the same time so they said well vietnam's going on right now fuck it let's drop two captain americas into vietnam let's just see what happens and so you have the post-world war ii Captain America, U.S. agent versus the pre-World War II Captain America dropped into one of the biggest foreign disasters, foreign policy disasters of all of American history. And the two of them have different methods about how they want to handle the Vietnam War. Eventually, it just ends with the two of them just fighting. Like, it's just the two of them fighting in the middle of a, of a massive Viet Cong assault. And it's like, we're not even dealing with a Viet Cong. It's just America at war with itself. The metaphor is not subtle. I really wish this series had gotten done, but unfortunately Marvel canceled it before it actually even got made it to print. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Uh, looks like we're going to wrap things up very shortly within 10 minutes. Um, uh, Hollywood uh, getting into trouble includes Drake Bell, sentenced to two years probation and 200 hours of community service for pleading guilty for child endangerment. Um, uh, oh, that she had Christ. Drake and Josh Starr. Yeah. Whoops. And Marilyn Manson turned himself into authorities for an active arrest oh. warrant from New Hampshire, where he was accused of, of assaulting a videographer in 2019. Jeez. Oh, There's been a warrant out for him for two years. Serious? <laughs> yeah. Two years, yeah. So last week he reached an agreement uh... between New Hampshire officials and his attorney to do so, and Manson was released without bail. So, okay. Um, and the woman accused of uh, the woman accused of um, of accusing WWE star Matt Riddle of choking her, forcing her to perform oral sex, has dropped her lawsuit against the wrestler. Interestingly enough, he's kind of one of the big big superstars on WWE Raw right now. Um, he denied <laughs> adamantly denied the allegations. He did have an affair with her, but he. Claims that he did not assault her. Everything was consensual. Um, but yeah, that was dropped. Um, anyone check out the UFC um, main event with Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier? Um, That's the important part. The, the important aspect where McGregor suffered a broken leg. Can you believe that? Oh my God, He's man. Done. It looks so gnarly. Like right out of a horror movie, the way he just broke that ankle in the middle of that octagon. Uh-huh. Um, right at the just end of the that first foot just round. Go, uh. Yes. 
it was it was so gnarly to see. McGregor's record goes down to twenty two and six, uh, ten and four in the UFC, and Poirier record uh, goes to twenty eight and six and twenty and five in the UFC. Um, so this is the third match. This is the rubber match because McGregor won the first one. And then um, Poirier won the second one. And, yeah, technical knockout because he broke his ankle. And he, the thing was uh, about McGregor, he's still talking crap. He, got, he has a broken leg. He's sitting in the ring. And he's still threatening to beat Poirier's ass while he's sitting there. Joe Rogan sits next to him to try to interview him. <laughs> hey, buddy, you know, let me sit down since you can't stand up right now. Oh, Jesus. It was a pretty, uh, moment, uh, pretty interesting moment. Um, Oh, boy. So, uh, obviously, in the WWE, uh, Jimmy Uso, in some heat, arrested for a second DUI after uh, running a red light and speeding. And apparently, he's involved in this big storyline right now with his brother, Jey Uso, and Roman Reigns is the current Universal Champion. Probably be a slap on the wrist, but this is the second DUI that he's got. And apparently, uh, they have big plans for Roman Reigns versus The Rock at the next WrestleMania. I didn't so, know The Rock was still doing wrestling. Oh yeah, he'll they'll occasionally come back. The Rock came mm. back uh, to feud with Cena for a couple of historic matches at the top of his Hollywood career, mm-hmm. and John Cena apparently is coming back for SummerSlam mm. uh, to challenge Roman Reigns. I think that's the main event planned, but not confirmed. But the, Rock, see- the Rock really, really does a lot. I mean, he still does so much stuff that you would not expect someone who gets paid as much as he does to start. And Would still, still come back to WWE, right? Because he still like, does he still host that game show? I don't know. He was hosting a game show. He hosted a game show for a while. I think it was last yeah. year, two years ago. Okay, he's the busiest man in Hollywood. I mean, let's let's just get that straight. I mean, yeah. Black Adam, the Fast and Furious movies. Hobbs he he likes Shaw. to be busy. He likes to be busy. You know, he had the yeah. ballers, but that's no he, longer on HBO. He wakes up at three in the morning every morning. You know, and still oh, yeah. is ripped and gets to the gym every day, I'm sure. But I think John Cena is kind of moving in the direction of of The Rock. I mean, you know, oh, yeah. John Cena's kind of made a name for himself. He's going to be in the Suicide Squad movie as Peacemaker. Um, and, and yeah, the, he should. He should make a TV of, show. He's like, he's actually yeah. like a comedic actor. Yeah. You ever see, you ever seen a movie uh, called Blockers? Remember that? He was great in Blockers. Yes, <laughs> I love the blocker. I love the marketing for that. It just has a giant cock, and it's and it underneath says Blockers. I'm like cock blockers. Cock blockers, like, yeah. I, I, I guess it. cock blockers. Oh, could, they couldn't yeah. get that approved to be the title, so they went with the <laughs> cock blocker. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, we always like to end with some sad rest in pieces to announce. Um, speaking of wrestling, Paul Orndorff, WWE Hall of Famer, who Mr. was in the first. Wonderful. Mr. Wonderful, who was in the first ever WrestleMania, died at the age of 71. Um, He had been sick for a while, Uh, but his memorable uh, match was him and Rowdy Roddy Piper teaming up against Hulk Hogan and Mr. T in the main event of WrestleMania 1. He was back in 1984. He was one of the first things I remember he, uh, because he betrayed Hulk Hogan. He like turned on Hulk Hogan. Yes. A really famous storyline. And I was like, I don't know, I was like six. Right. <laughs> when that happened. And that made my jaw drop back then. Exactly. Yeah. The, he was the perfect heel. And sadly, yeah. he will be missed. He's a um, Hall of Famer. 
Um, yeah, a lot of the WWE, WWF superstars um, are long gone. Um, you know, so it's kind of sad to say. Getting up um, in age, man. Yeah. By the way, the Rocks game show was called the Titan Games, and it was on. Oh, that's right. 19. Mm. So there you go, busiest man in Hollywood. Also, we lost Charlie Robinson, known as Mac the Court Clerk in Night Court, which Aww, that show is actually getting up there in yeah, age, man. And that that show is actually getting a reboot, um, with that little blonde girl from Big Bang Theory. She's starring in it. Kaylee Cuoco. Um, not Kaylee, the the little one, the short one, because Kaylee's tall. Oh, oh uh, Melissa. Melissa. Miss LaRouch. Miss LaRouch. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, she's gonna be in the reboot. And I think Richard Mole is one of the one of the few surviving actors from the show. A lot of the, the that cast have passed away. Yeah. Um, What's um? Is it Harry Shearer? Uh, Harry. He's and, since passed. Yeah, the only one that's passed. the only one that's really main Harry cast. Wilson. Not Harry Shearer. Harry Shearer is very much alive. Which Harry Shearer was thinking of? Harry Harry Anderson. That was his Harry name. Anderson. Harry Anderson. That's it. Yeah. John Larroquette's still alive, I think. John Larroquette. He is still he is still alive. John Larroquette is still alive. The blonde woman on that show is still alive too. Isn't yeah. Marky something. Marky. Yeah, I think they're alive, but but those two of two two of the cast members. I think there's several others that have passed away. Yeah. Um, is the also, guy. Bull still alive? Wasn't he? Because he did the Richard voice. Mole. I, I, yeah, I Richard Mole. Yeah, Richard Mole's retired alive. from acting. I think he's retired. Yeah, because he did the voice of Two Face in the Batman animated series. That's right, yeah, he did. That's right. Yeah, I <laughs> think he's awesome. retired from acting. I think he's done. Uh, okay. We also lost William Smith, the actor who played um, Laredo, Rich Man, Poor Man, and Hawaii Five O, went toe to toe Clint Eastwood. Some memorable brawls. He passed away. Um, Chick Venera, who played the bean farmer for Robert Redford in the Milagro Beanfield War, passed away uh, at the age of 74. Um, and Zarel Rivera, stage name Indian Red Boy, rapper, killed on July 8th oh, while shit. sitting in his car in Hawthorne, apparently was live streaming and I someone watched... walked up and Jesus. shot him, dude. I watched the video. They shot him like 16 times. Dude. What the fuck? That video is yeah. uh, available on TMZ or where did you see the video? Uh, I was on Yahoo News, actually. Holy and, uh, shit. I was yeah. curious, so I opened up Pandora's box and yeah, the fucking poor kid, man, he was... <laughs> On his phone, chatting with some dude, and then pop, 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 Live pop, streaming. Pop, and it, then he starts. Was it gang beef? What was it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he was obviously so he targeted. Was, he, was, he was a known oh. affiliate with the Bloods. Um, oh, it's more of that shit. I, yeah. yeah, he was hooking up with, I That's think he was like hooking up with a chick bullshit. who was affiliated with the Crips or who was talking shit about a dude in the Crips, something like that. But yeah, they lit him up like they shot him 16 times. Unfucking and, um, of course, with death, we always celebrate life for those celebrating a birthday. Includes Vincent Pastore from The Sopranos. Happy birthday. Vincent is 75. Um, Jane Lynch from Glee is 61. Jackie Earl Haley uh, is 60 from Watchmen. Yep. Wow. Jeez. Wow. Yeah. Old. He actually yeah. was a child actor. You guys know that? He yeah. was in the Bad News Bears. He was in the Bad News Bears. Yeah. Nice. Right. Very nice. Bad News Bears. Going way there. back. Matthew Fox from Lost and Party of Five is 55. 
Um, Missy Gold from Benson is 51. Taboo from Black Eyed Peas is 46. Phoebe Waller-Bridge from Fleabag. And she was the droid in Solo. She was 36 today. Uh, oh, yeah. What was it? L337? Something like exactly. that. Exactly. Do, do you get it? Do you get what yep. the that? Elite, elite speak. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, two frontmen of two um, popular bands is Dan Smith of Bastille and Dan Reynolds of Imagine Dragons celebrate their birthdays 35, 34, respectively. That's <laughs> birthdays today. Um, and what a great show on BTV, guys. Wow, this is a lot of fun. Yeah, man. A lot of crazy discussions, a lot of fun, crazy Just discussions. So we, don't, we don't need any fancy-ass guests. Yes, yeah, the fancy-ass guest was pre-recorded that we're going to end tonight's show. But before we end with that great interview, any other promotions or plugs? I know, Jesse, you've been promoting Film Rescue throughout the show. Yeah. <laughs> um, this Saturday in oh, Bel Air, right. Maryland, uh, yes. is StellarCon. It's a first-year convention. Um, yes. And Montrester Media has a table there. We are going to have uh, lots of merchandise to sell. Uh, we're going to have little games we can play. We're going to have 90-second film pitches. Cool. Basically, you pull a title of a movie out of one hat, pull the genre out of another hat, and whatever title and genre you get, you have to flip the movie into that genre. Like, let's say you get Titanic. If you pull out horror Comedy. from the other hat, oh, turn on. Titanic into a horror movie. <laughs> You have 90 seconds to do it. And you, have oh, to that pitch, like fun. And you pitch the movie? We're going to uh, record everybody that does it. We're going to record them. We're going to put it into one giant episode and, and release it online. Oh, That's dude. Cool. Uh, you know, you know I'll, I'm going to kill that, man. That's my <laughs> this, this Saturday in Bel Air, Maryland. Um, yes. I can't remember the location for it. Um, but um, we're going to be there all, all through the day. And then we're also going to be at the after party afterwards. So. Cool. The entire Montrezer crew is going to be there. We're going to do. Also, we're recording an episode as well for um, an episode of the show called Split the Difference, where we compare originals and remakes. Yeah. We're discussing the film Rollerball. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the original versus the remake. Yes. Let's just say right now, the original is phenomenal. It's a fantastic film. The remake f- fucking sucks. It's the terrible. remake. It has a three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. All right. 3%. Stellar con, a stellar dash con.com is yes. the official website. Yes. So one day con one general. Day con. Are you, are you free here. Saturday? Check it out for, uh, I think I might stop by and say hello to hardcore bloodshot. Let yeah. me, let me, let me, let me check my schedule, but that does yeah. sound like I've been to a con in so long. That, exactly. Yeah. It's a smaller convention. They will have smaller guests. Um, but a lot of writers will be there. Um, Philip Kennedy, who is currently writing the Aliens comics he and the Superman comics, he's going to be there. Justin Jordan, who's also a well-known comics writer, he'll be there as well. Yep. Uh, there's lots of artists that'll be there. There's lots of con- there's a costume contest. There's a lot going on this weekend. Cool. So for and a first-year convention, first convention, it's pretty big for what it is. Cool. Where's the after party? Uh, Black Eyed Susie's, also in Bel Air. It's like right down the road. Okay. Wow. That sounds like a lot of fun. So, guys, check it out, stellar-con.com if you want to meet Jesse Fresco. And, of course, I'll be in attendance. I'll have to swing on by and say hello. Um, I don't know if Tiffany Marie Ford can make it, but I know you have some. It actually, we were talking about me stopping by for a couple hours. Um, Yes. And cosplay, of course. 
Um, probably not in cosplay. Kind of want to be more casual if we do anything cosplay related. It would just be a casual Black Widow or something. But yeah, we were talking about that or something casual like um, Major from the movie. I have her bomber jacket and her entire casual suit. So something, that would something. be dope. There you go. There you go. That would be dope. <laughs> so, Generally, still working on your album. I actually do have something that I can talk about. You're promoting something. Okay, go ahead. Uh, not exactly, but uh, it's not something that um, this was just something that uh, I decided to do on a lark. But I am um, since, uh, you know, my life is an endless cabaret of excitement at all times. Cabaret. <laughs> all right. I, um, I, I decided I needed to add something else to it. And so I am going to do something I have I've always wanted to do and I have never done before. Gay porn. I'm thinking, um, yes. No, I've already done that. Oh, okay. <laughs> fans fans only. Just fans. <laughs> fans only as opposed to only fans. There's justfans.com. <laughs> well, you know, I, I did open an OnlyFans once, but all of my subscribers were really confused when I kept talking about airflow and the size of rooms. General, what are you alluding to? You can share with us. I'm taking an improv class. Yes, I like hearing that. Yeah, I like hearing your I like hearing your creative side coming through. Yeah, so like it's going to be at the Baltimore Improv Group, and I've never done it before, but you know I'm moderately not unfunny, so I thought (laughs) I'd give it a shot, and um, so yeah, I mean it. And that could help for Below the Belt show. Yeah, good. And then, like, they're all, like... It's not Groundlings or Upright Citizen mm-hmm. Brigade, but, it, yeah, it's great. And? So, yeah, the... Um, <laughs> and, and I'm teasing. After it's done, like, there'll be a show. There'll be a show, I think, like, you know, it hasn't started yet, but um, I know that there's going to be a free show for everyone in the class that's open to the public, Um at some you know, point, I'm really right. happy to hear that, General. I mean, yeah, I always have, you know, myself and I know Jesse dabbles in uh, the film industry. Nick, you've done your fair share of film, but but to hear General actually, um, you know, um, yeah, doing something creative uh, hey, definitely warms my heart to hear that you're People following. By the bug. <laughs> yeah. How many? How many phrases? <laughs> and I know TMF, Miss Tiffany Marie Ford. I know you. You. Uh, express wanting to pursue a couple of things on the creative side, right? I want to get back into it. I just got to figure out when the time is. Um, okay. Until then, OnlyFans and... Oh. <laughs> I'm old school. I'm doing VHS recording. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least, Big Nick, do you have anything to promote before we end tonight's show? Nothing, man. I am boring. <laughs> <laughs> and i think that's where we'll end it for the night that's where we end it for the night so yeah all right guys well this is um closing out tonight's show um will be uh my exclusive yeah, interview we- pre-recorded with math marshall cook matt cook and diana Reasonover for the film film fest which is so it's a, such a great film jesse this is your kind of film man it's a it's a lot of fun it, I, it's really for fun what you topic. describe i'm like yeah that's that's right up my alley <laughs> it's right up your alley i think you'd like it. it's very quirky and it's got rachel lee cook in it who doesn't love her um check it out it's on video on demand um google play youtube um itunes fandango now tubi 
um voodoo and amazon so yeah check it out um and our my exclusive interview with uh two of the stars and director writer so let's say goodbye to the panel i'm al celebrity soto along with that's right he is the one only mike the general zod goodbye everyone and of course the lovely and talented Jesse, no, Tiffany Reed Ford. <laughs> oh, I'm Tiffany not lovely? Marie. Okay. No, I'm, I'm teasing, I'm teasing. <laughs> Tiffany Marie Ford, you're back. You came back to BTV. We're so elated. We're so happy that you came by and graced us with your presence. I think her video froze. Okay. Yeah, it looks like it. <laughs> just, she's reading a book. I just hear <laughs> She's very engrossed <laughs> in that book she's, she's reading right now. She's very, very mesmerized by that book. Yeah. <laughs> And let's go ahead and say goodbye to Jesse Fresco, a.k.a. AKA Hardcore Bloodshot. Check him yes. out at StellarCon, Stellar-Con.com. StellarCon, then, which is going to be the 17th of July. Yes. And, of course, landing the plane is the one and only, the Captain Big Nick. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. Thank you for flying Air BTB. Please stay in your seat with your seatbelt fast until the plane has come to a complete fucking stop. Ooh, I shouldn't scream so loud. My wife is sleeping. That's <laughs> all right. And here we go with a special interview. Matt Cook, the owner reason over from Film Fest. We'll see you guys next week. Until then, peace. All right. Here on Below the Belt Show, an amazing interview with the director of this amazing film called Film Fest. We also have the stars, Matt Cook and Diona Reasonover, who play Logan and Alexandria, respectively. And of course, the director extraordinaire, Marshall Cook. Thank you so much for joining us here on Below the Belt Show. First off, loved the film. So many laugh out moments. And I think I can I can really it really resonates with me because I've been to Tribeca, I've been to Sundance, and I know the big expectations of these big lavish film festivals. And when you're the protagonists uh, find out they don't go to the big festivals, they go to this little festival called Holly Wild. Uh, I can see the disappointment in their eyes um, because you know those big industry parties all about the open bar when you find out you have to buy their own tickets for a party i'm like oh my mm-hmm. god i feel their pain i totally feel their pain. <laughs> first off um we can start from the beginning guys um Marshall, what is your uh inspiration for this film is there any like semi-autobiographical uh things with the film as a filmmaker as a writer and director yeah uh, uh thank you for the kind words and that's the ultimate compliment if you've been to festivals and and think that we represented it you know Fairly or unfairly or accurately. Uh, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I mean, this uh, it's a, a lot of festivals. I, I went to many, many, many festivals, uh, starting from like age 23 with short films, um, all over the country, all different kinds, and uh, and then and then later with features, um, and then most recently in like 2018, I did another run of festivals, and finally, you know, 15 years of, of that, I was just like, okay, there's, I, I think I have enough material finally to do this. Um, so yeah, I approached Paul Allen Cope, who's uh, also a filmmaker and cinephile, and and uh, and I read some of his stuff and wanted to work with him, and and yeah, he just seemed like the perfect partner for this, and we just kind of unloaded all of our junk 
So is anything based on actual experiences in the film, film festival market or your experiences? I mean, I, at those I would say mostly, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that everything even to the film buyer montage uh, with Diana, uh, like all of those things have been said. Like the sales rep I worked with last time, like he, he actually – we had a conversation about this because he's like, he said he felt like a pit in his stomach because he's like, I feel like I've said some of these things to you. And I said, you did. <laughs> <laughs> I think every filmmaker needs, I mean, this film is for everybody. It's very entertaining, but I think filmmakers especially need to see, see your film because it's, there's so much inspiration mm. with that, you know, that little film that could, and, uh, you know, without spoiling the film, uh, yeah, it certainly was a little film that could. So uh, let's, I guess, uh, talk about how these stars got involved, Matt and uh, Diona. Um, other than sharing the fabulous cook name, I'm sure there was more to it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, just to make it clear, we are not related. Uh, <laughs> no, no, Marshall no, is my father. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Matt was the first uh, actor we went out to. Um, and I... I, I Credit it to never knowing where I stand with him uh, because on paper, he's just the meanest guy to me, but I just love him and, and, and I want him to win. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of like Logan. Like everything right. that's in the script is kind of, a, you know, you could maybe not like what he's doing, but you still want to root for him. And that's how I always feel about Matt. Um, <laughs> and, and, uh, and then from there, uh, you know, Matt's a member of the Groundlings uh, Theater in Hollywood, and, and, yeah. and for years I've seen uh, these actors, you know, put together their own sketches. And I mean, weekly they are working hard to perform for audiences every week, and 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 they do it for the love. They're not getting paid to do it; they're doing it to perform. And uh, they're just they're skilled, they're hilarious, and um, and I just knew that they could show up and nail it with the the time given. So they had a built-in chemistry, they had talent, so we kind of built it. You know, I, I utilized Matt to kind of give me some insight on, you know, some of our favorites that we saw around there. And, uh, and then we plucked, you know, Allison Dunbar and uh, H. Michael Croner and Greg Warswick and, and um, all these, you know, really funny people. And then um, Deanna uh, worked with Matt on uh, Clipped, uh, a TBS show. And so, uh -huh. yeah, so it was, it was great to have Matt be the foundation and then just kind of build around him people that he had chemistry with or because um, that's important for a movie when you don't have time uh, for, you know, the day or um, even rehearsals. Yeah. And of course, uh, you guys are both phenomenal. But Will Will Sasso was just yeah. incredible as well. My gosh, I, I felt like I laughed at everything that he said. Yeah. Um, and I saw the bloopers. Was there any room for improv? Seemed like Will might have been throwing some improv with uh, some of his uh, <laughs> stuff on stage. Yeah, there was. I mean, Will will really just keep going until you yell cut. Uh, so and sometimes after. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm. I fortunately have the relationship where it's like, okay, yep, yep, we got it. You know, <laughs> and 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 just because I've seen it, like people will just start watching the monitor like they're an audience, and it's like you gotta you gotta move. We're doing you know nine and a half pages today with this whole <laughs> workshop. Right, right. And of course, uh, an amazing cameo with uh, Rachel Lee Cook. How did that go about? Um, yeah, it's, it's such a like simple, dumb story. But I just I, I went to I was working out at the same gym as her. 
Um, oh, fantastic. And so I love it. this is one of those times where it's like the name we wrote in the script is the person we actually got. It wasn't like celebrity cameo, you know, it was like Rachel E. Cook. And then I just said, hey, hey, we got the same last name. Uh, <laughs> That's another cook. Yeah. Now, Mind blown. <laughs> it, was, it was way more bumbly than that. Uh, yeah. Which, too many uh, cooks in the kitchen, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she was cool. She, she said yes, and she was so brave, and uh, we're so fortunate. Uh, I with some really great stuff uh, with her. and yeah. I, I just love the non-enthused look that uh, Rachel had with some of the things that Will's character <laughs> said. Yeah. <laughs> like the she's all that reference and of that course. was all that was all pre-roll of her looking at me uh, okay <laughs> <laughs> but for real we were all in the audience at that point because they're literally on stage of yeah. this award ceremony and so all of us are uh, like in the audience while they're filming just watching them and losing it like trying not to blow the takes with our laughter it was honestly great it truly was like watching like my own personal show <laughs> now diana and matt do you have any um experience uh with creating your own films and took any of this to um to your experience for the role uh diana you want to go first you know what i don't but here's what i do <laughs> um i was actually i was on a show that was prim that was writing on a show that was premiering at sundance and uh, at the last minute, they were like, come to Sundance. It'll be so much fun. I totally forgot about this until just now. And uh, I was like, oh, great. But it was truly, it was two days before, like, our um, premiere was. And one, all the power was out in Park City. So they were like, oh, yeah, so just come to Sundance. By the way, just bring cash for all your transactions. Nobody's taking cards right now. And all the mm -hmm. ATMs are broken. But just come to Sundance. And then uh, they called me an hour later. They were like, okay, just so you know, there are no more beds anywhere in Park City. Like, all the hotel mm. rooms were booked. But just come to Sundance. Like, somebody's got a floor for you. <laughs> oh, Lord. And it really, like, every like every hour on my way to the airport, I was getting more and more updates about what was happening at Sundance. Yeah. It was like, some of the restaurants are running out of food, but that's okay. Please just come to Sundance. Bring some Pop-Tarts. <laughs> Uh, and it is this big, huge film festival that felt like, and I'm not talking shit about Sundance. It was just one of those crazy situations, but it honestly felt like indie film. And I remember feeling that like the, the upbeatness of this person giving me all these updates. I think that that is very representative of Alex. Okay. Yeah. Very good. How about you, Matt? Uh, I don't have too much, uh, experience trying to sell a film, but, uh, just at Groundlings, you know, we're always writing our own sketches and sure. we have something that we're really excited about and we think is really funny. And then we put it up for an audience and they go, no, thank you. And you're just like, oh, man, I thought that was going to be so good. And they're just like, well, no, it wasn't. But thank you for trying. What's next? And you're like, oh, all right, cool, cool. Thank you so much. So that I'm familiar with. <laughs> I love it. Oh, wait, I, I have to prompt Matt, yes. Matt for something, too. We worked on that sh a show together, and sometimes we would get such a look after run-throughs. <laughs> sometimes the producers, we worked on a show called Clipped Together. Yes. It was a multicam, so it's like doing a play every week. And sometimes, do you want to do uh, an impression of what it was like sometimes after some of those run-throughs? No, I want you to do it, because I, no. <laughs> I won't make like it through you, it. You would just do this whole show, and then you'd practically be holding our arms out, like, <laughs> panting, and somebody would go, what? 
was that? Did you forget how to be funny? It was, I love getting roasted actually. So it was really great. I loved it. Yeah. It's, it's that no, very directly. Yep. <laughs> One thing I also talk about is that um, there's a true message because you really shouldn't talk shit about fellow filmmakers, fellow people that you meet in the industry. And Matt, your character, Logan, kind of put his foot in his mouth several times by not knowing who uh, the senior programming person of the festival was. <laughs> yeah. We're talking crap about the filmmakers when they were out on their smoke break. <laughs> so <laughs> I think it's a very good thing is that you should always uh, be very positive and, uh, you know, say nice things about your fellow filmmakers. Yeah, I mean, for sure. And just like anywhere you are in in LA, especially, you don't know who's yeah. sitting behind you or right. anything. And, and even outside of like the wrong person overhearing the wrong thing that you said, like there's just better places to put your energy. <laughs> like right. you just don't need to be walking around being such an asshole. And, and for the majority right. of the movie, Logan's a pretty big asshole. Yeah. Uh, so it was, it was fun to kind of lean into that bad behavior uh, and exercise some of those demons. So I don't feel tempted to be that way in real life. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it was perfect. And uh, yeah, I, I love the build up for um, your hooking up eventually with the, the senior programmer. Um, that actress was brilliant. Um, if you could, uh, Marshall, remind me of that actress that played the. Yeah, uh, Alison Dunbar. Yeah. Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> How did you like working with Allison? And um, was Allison more intrigued to sleep with Logan based on seeing his junk on the film? <laughs> when they watch it or was it more what she said she just wanted to have fun was she truly attracted to logan yeah i mean i think the character of kim was definitely i think there was a spark there where they both sort of recognized something in each other um and uh i i think that's what their their chemistry comes from is sort of a a, a familiarity even though they had just met uh and then with allison and i we've been friends for so long Oh, that awesome. it's, it's so easy to just step into any sort of uh, back and forth with each other. Uh, we've been together at Groundlings for years and years, and uh, I think she's just one of the best people around. So that was so much fun to do those scenes with her. Uh, awesome. And, and I would say Kim's interest, uh, it was in spite of his junk on screen. <laughs> I think, you know, she she was geeking out on his art. And I think that happens all the time. Like when you, yeah. meet somebody, you see them perform, it's a musician, it's an artist, it's an actor. Yeah. Then there's a different connection that, that, that they had for each other. Yeah. Um, she's like, yeah. She's know. like, I know who you are. <laughs> and then, and then all the offers started coming to subtle hints. I have a hot tub, but you're not going, <laughs> you didn't follow. I'm like, damn, what are you thinking? But then again, you had a girlfriend with the amazing Ellen Wong. You played your girlfriend. Um, I watched, I love Glow. I loved her in Glow. Uh, how did you like working with uh, Ellen? Ellen was, is amazing. I mean, she, she showed up on set and was just the most relaxed, confident, easygoing person. And, you know, she came into a situation where it was a lot of people who've known each other for years. And she just fit right in. And it, it was uh, it was amazing. And I was a fan of hers before I met her. And then she just surpassed any expectations I had. And uh, it, she was fantastic to work with. Awesome. Yeah, that, that, that tough situation where, uh, you know, everybody has this built in chemistry and, and 
We just yeah. there was just schedule conflicts. We weren't able to get her and Matt together before the shoot. So she shows up. It's like, okay, you've been you've been together for seven years and go. You know, you're in love, go. So yeah, it was a lot. And then we were doing I think at least seven pages that day. So we didn't have a whole lot of time to. Uh, let's talk. Let's talk about shooting the the Holly Wild scenes. Um, was this in Idlewild, California? Yes. Okay, yeah. cool. So how was the how was the logistics for shooting there? Um, logistically, I would say very accommodating in terms of like, uh, you know, permitting like Riverside County, and you know, if you ever want to shoot anything, go there because you yeah. can just walk a tripod on the sidewalk and nobody's hassling mm-hmm. you. Um, so, you know, people were very friendly opening the doors, um, the uncontrollable, uh, environment that we, who, who could know, uh, was that there was just a lot of activity in that town during shooting and you had helicopters and barking dogs and chainsaws and, you know, just a lot of infrastructure and, and yeah. wild chickens apparently in a fire and uh, like literally they were just inventing ways to disrupt the, the shoot. Um, but yeah. But luckily, you guys made that, it happen. Uh, yeah. What? I actually, re- um, I actually recognize one of the bars, the Idle Bar. That's in the Valley, right? Uh, oh yes, that's the only thing okay. that is a little bit of a trick. If somebody's like, "Oh, I'm going to do the Idle Wild Film Fest," to, I, I know there's going to be thousands of people doing this. Uh, do the, <laughs> the, the Idle Wild tour, and they're like, "Where's this?" Idle, idle hour bar that looks like barrels. That was the, the reason I came to Idlewild. <laughs> right, I know, I recognized it right away. But it was the perfect bar because of the name and yeah. And I'm sure that was that was really really cool to do. And um, you know what? There was a fire that day too. Actually, now that I think about it, when we were what? shooting at Idle Hour, yeah, there was a bunch of helicopters going over. It was truly like right down the street. Yeah, five helicopters. Yeah. Holy smokes. Our wow. poor sound guy. Every day our sound guy was like, what do you want me to do? And we were like, just roll it. I'm sure that was a challenge <laughs> not to get all those, uh, yeah. all that sound in there, right? Yeah. Uh, Luis, he did the bat. He did great. Yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. Um, now, um, a couple cool points in here. Um, you told the PA character uh, not to date actresses because they are their own commodity. Uh, <laughs> what do you think about that? Is that, um, and did you kind of have a particular uh, woman in mind, maybe an actress that you dated in your past <laughs> when you wrote that about uh, actresses being their own commodity? I'm not. I'm not here to name names. I've I've never had great experiences personally, but also you know I was a different guy. Maybe it was me. Uh, so. Um, Paul wrote it. I don't know. Okay, Paul wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's good. good. Somewhat good advice. But then, if, if we go a little bit of spoiler here, the PA does well for himself at the end. So he, he's all good. Yeah, yeah. He's, 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 uh, everybody has their own kind of arc in this thing. And that's, you know, what we really tried to pay attention to, you know, not, not lose sight of anyone. And then, you yeah. know, maybe people, maybe somebody doesn't identify with uh, Logan uh, or Alex, and but they do with Tom or Kyle, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that, that, that's it. Really, is a an ensemble where I feel like everybody's three dimensional. It's not just like you know these, you know, characters yeah. throwing laugh and then they're gone. You know, love it. Now, was the actual unknown unknowns film meant to be kind of like vague? I mean, not you know, other than the flower popping out of the. The cement, <laughs> which is actually some cool symbolism, but uh, we didn't get to know much about the film within the film, so to speak. 
Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that we wanted to do, is even with the title, is just make this, you know, artistic indie film that's very competent, and but it's called Unknown Unknowns. There's no stars in it, and the director starred in it, and it's just a marketing nightmare. Like, why would any, why would see this movie, you know? Uh, and, and it could be good, but like, what do you do with it, you know? Uh, in this sea of content, when you can, uh, you know, have Disney Plus for five dollars a month, <laughs> do it. Hey, uh, and I love how you kind of poke fun at the film itself in the end about uh, the next project that the characters wanted to take on mm-hmm. with the <laughs> let's do another film about a film within a film. <laughs> That's kind of a <laughs> a funny take on that. Um, brilliant brilliant film and I, I really loved it it was so much fun um but um before we could talk about where we can see this film because it is amazing and we've got a couple more minutes i, I do want to talk to you matt um and you uh De- diana about your uh, projects because matt i see that you're going to be in being the ricardos uh, the upcoming um i love lucy biopic yeah uh, can we talk a little bit about that you're playing james paisley yeah talk yeah. about your lateral move to aaron sorkin <laughs> yeah, I, yes. I wanted to. I wanted to slow things down a little bit after working with Marshall and, yes. uh, and kind of get a more focused, uh, nuanced approach on a real low budget kind of thing. So I, I jumped over to being the Ricardos, uh, which was incredible. It was like, um, it was a. I mean, it was so massive. I've I've never been on a set like that. They 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 recreated the sound stage wow. down to like the bleachers and to the audience members, and it was just a. It was a phenomenal experience, and uh, James Paisley was the uh, assistant director, and uh, of of I Love Lucy. So just every now and then, I'll I'll yell out, "All right, that's 15 minutes," and that's that's my uh, contribution to the film. But I got to be there with uh, so many incredible people, and it was just yeah. one of those experiences where I soaked up as much knowledge as I could, and just you know was was there for the ride, and it was awesome. Yeah, you're in good company. Nicole Kidman, uh, J.K. Simmons, Tony Hale, Javier Bardem. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that is amazing. They were amazing to to, to watch. And, yes. And to, it was really cool. And uh, Diana, um, NCIS renewed for 19th season. Yes, 19th so season. So you're a part of the last three seasons? Uh, gosh, this will be my fourth season? Fourth? I don't the know. one will be the fourth one. Fantastic. <laughs> How's that ride been? I mean, it just looks so much fun to work with Mark Hall, Mark Harmon, Wilmer Valderrama. Um. It is. They're all like really good people, and and it's just a lot of fun. I do feel like I'm learning a lot. My mind is blown. I didn't Matt, I didn't know you were in this freaking congratulations. That's so cool. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It was so fun. Yeah, but yeah, that's um. So yeah, uh, season 19 of NCIS, season two of my podcast, Periodic Talks with Gillian Jacobs, um, awesome. and we've got some really great guests coming up. We've got Jack Black. We just had Brie Larson on. Um, awesome. Yeah, it's honestly been really, really great. So check that out. Um, they both come out on Tuesdays. Wow, and you're going in production of the next season of NCIS um, shortly. Uh huh. Back in the lab very shortly. The nice thing about being in the lab is it's air conditioned, which is I'm like, don't don't send me in the field. It's OK. I'll stay here. I'll make the sacrifice. It's fine. Do the cadavers ever creep you out or it's it's because it's 
You know, it's one. not real. One has. No, no, no. One has. Because sometimes it's really the people. Like if someone has spoken in the yeah. um, show, it's it's like the person and they've just given them like that kind of like Y-shaped incision, which is freaky. Uh, yeah, especially when they their eyes. Oh, it's so creepy. But there was one that was um, a guy and it was like mid autopsy. And so his chest was completely splayed open and all his organs were like kind of hanging out of his chest. Um, And even though it was plastic, I was like, oh, no, I'm good. I don't want to go near there. And they were like, no, you have to for the block egg. And so I took my contact lens out so I didn't have to see it. (laughs) And I didn't seem blind. And you know what? Maybe the acting, maybe not stellar that day, because I think I may have been talking to the wall when I was supposed to be talking to Mark Harmon. But still, I didn't have to see it. I love it. That's great. Congratulations. I mean, that's the second longest running scripted show next to Law & Order SVU. So maybe you'll be on for 20 more seasons, right? Yes. <laughs> you never know. Yes, absolutely. Hey, I'll take it. 100%. <laughs> Awesome. And uh, Deanna, we uh, have some common friends from the film The Night Watchman um, from Maryland. So Ken Arnold and, and Dan Franco say their hellos. Um, oh, that yes. was movie. That was my first movie ever. That was your first film? That's amazing. Yes. Yeah. Oh Ken, was, Ken says fun. congratulations on all your success. Want me to relay the message? Oh, tell him I say hello and that I love him. Aww. That's great. Of course, you can catch uh, The Night Watchman on demand as well. But Marshall, if you could, before we let everyone go, if you could tell us where we can see this amazing movie called Film Fest. Uh, I think you can watch it for free uh, starting July 23rd on um, some of those platforms, right? IMDb TV, Tubi, Pluto, Mm -hmm. things like that. Uh, You can rent it uh, or buy it on Amazon iTunes and Google slash YouTube. Yes. I, think that's all. I don't know. There could be more. Looks that's- like uh, beginning on July 23rd. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, Matt, really quick before I let you go, how, how overall was your experience four seasons um, working with Matt LeBlanc and Kevin Nealon on A Man With a Plan? Uh, that was a dream job. That was so much fun. Yeah. And it was such a lovely experience. And every single member of that cast and crew was so good at what they did and so much fun to work with and so professional. And it was just uh, a, a job anyone would be lucky to have. It, it was It was a blast. And I was very fortunate to be a part of it. Awesome, awesome. Well, Marshall, you got two amazing actors in your film. I mean, <laughs> you got to be excited about that. And what a funny, funny film it was. I laughed out loud. I could relate. Um, everybody needs to see Film Fest. I mean, it's just, especially if you're a filmmaker, absolutely, especially if you're a filmmaker, because you could you learn a lot from this film. It's it's actually mm-hmm. a learning learning process, you know, for filmmakers, budding filmmakers out there, and to see how the festival circuits are especially the smaller festivals you know um so uh again enjoyed it so much so thank you so much for talking to us here on uh, below the belt show this is fantastic thank you and if we could before we let you go could everyone just kind of say who they are um let us know your role or um uh, what you did in the film and let us know you're on below the belt show My name is Deanna Reasonover. I play Alex Davis in Film Fist and Casey Hines in NCIS, and I am on the Below the Belt show. Hey, I'm Matt Cook. I play Logan Clark in Film Fest, and I am on the Below the Belt show. 
And I'm Marshall Cook, uh, co-writer of FilmFest and director of FilmFest. I am on the Below the Belt show. Yes. All right. Awesome. Let's get one snapshot on the count of three. <laughs> one, two, and smile. Cool. Yay. This was awesome. Thank you so much. This You're was a great awesome. interview. Yeah. yeah thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you. You guys are awesome, too. Um, yes. Lots of luck with the film. Hope it kills it. In the, Thanks, uh, dude. The VOD, VOD land. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks, Thank guys. Bye. Bye. Annie, thank you so much, yeah. Annie. Incredible show tonight, and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying, Until next time, keep chilling. Like a villain. Bye, goodbye, 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 goodbye.